Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk More Movies, the show where I try and talk about movies, but never really talk about anything and everything else. I'm your host, Michael Breslin. To my left is... Ken Cole. To my right. Call him Aaron. What up, everybody? I feel like we haven't left this time. I'm having hair issues. What? <laughs> it just, is it, is maybe, it your big long fringe? Maybe, my big long fringe keeps falling down. I can't it's like it. It's, it's very new romantic of <laughs> you. Your big long fringe keeps falling over the top of your dick. Uh, <laughs> It's very Adam the Ant. I haven't changed. Are you aware of them? Hey, Adam Ant. Hey. It's very Adam Ant. I think it's pretty cool. I think you're bringing 80s new romanticism back into the fucking. I think I'm going to start buying gel and gel back. Yeah, you're bringing back the bush. A wee Jax Teller one. But I've never done this before. I think you will look fucking phenomenal. Fuck gel, right? That's a first. Right. Well, so I, was, I, I was just using gel as a thing to something to fuck hold my hair gel, back. Mickey. Right. All right. I don't want fucking gel. <laughs> would you be? A, would you be a but Dax a, or a Dax, sort of guy? Dax? Or a Dax, Dax gel? Dax? Or is that Dax? Gel, <laughs> I would say. You want Dax or Moon Putty? You know what I'm saying. Oh, but what I, is Dax? Is Dax a gel or is that that some is sort a of wax? It's a wax. As wax, yeah. Dax not, wax. It's a durable wax. As wax, not gel. Dax. No, it's not. I'm only joking. But either that or putty. You know what I'm saying, Mike? Or, or like, Mike, like the Power Ranger bad guys? you problems with volume. I've got a receding hairline, so I need to rock a bit of hairspray to give it a bit of volume. He's, he's got the sunroof, like. You know what I'm saying? i got a wee bit of... Uh, know, the thatch ain't what it used to be. You know what I mean? But, well, I Rain, think... Rain's coming in. I think mine's is getting quite thin as well. No, no, it's not. I have a lethal head of hair. I've got nothing to worry about. I don't know. <laughs> My, mine's is thin and silky, like a Chinese man. <laughs> My word. It's a... It's always saw me reference as fine. It's not racist. That's <laughs> like, they before it's yeah. No, it's what I when they're talking about Hulk Hogan's hair. It's like it's thin and it's thin and shiny, like a Asian man's hair or something. I can't even remember. Or a Chinese man's hair. Sure? It's, I, it, it's I, weird, but I know exactly what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what it's I'm like talking a, about, then it's not racist. Uh, it's like a bad eye from like you know Big Trouble in Little China. The white sort of thin hair. Oh, uh, that's right. It's, ah. it's really thin yeah. and sh- uh, silky. <laughs> I don't know, I know exactly what you're talking or about. Or it's like Padme. Just look at my actual hair. Hey? Or Padme as well, sort of. Who's Padme? Uh, Padme from... No, Padme from <laughs> fucking Kill Bill. It's Padme, I don't know. Uh, fuck, I wouldn't have a clue. I don't remember. I don't I don't like Kill Bill. What? No, I, I don't know why I was I so... I don't like Kill Bill. In all fairness, I don't know why I got so excited. I only ever, wa- like a, only ever watched like the first one or watched the second one. second one's pretty I mean, there's a boy who used to go to school, eh? And uh, just what you just did there, though, it was like... But it was far worse. You were like, what? Flip a crack. He used to be whole... Uh, you were like, I know, I haven't seen Fight Club. You haven't seen Fight Club. Oh, I hate that. You're all. <sighs> I'm just going to repeat every sentence I say. <laughs> but I did that to someone the other day because they said they hadn't seen you won't Die be Hard. Repeating a bullet in the head will tell you it. You know what I mean? Sorry. Because someone said they hadn't seen Die Hard. Mm-hmm. 
And so like you haven't seen Die Hard. No, I think that I, I think that justifies <laughs> that, right? Because I mean, that's it's it is one of those films that everybody's seen. But so's Fight Club, really. But why can't why can't just say really? Aye. Instead of being patronising about Aye. it, you haven't seen. I haven't seen Die Hard. You haven't seen Die Hard. Um, no, I haven't seen Die Hard. You haven't seen Die Hard. Yeah, that's what I've just said. Uh, we've established that. You can say, Jesus, it's a good show. You should watch that. Aye, you know, because I can usher them on them. That's what it yeah, is. You know, because it's encouraging. Because as soon as you go, oh, you haven't seen that, that automatically makes that person feel uh, inferior. Uh, uh, I was going for that one. Oh, uh, were you? Uh, you want to make feel like shit? In that case, then, no, you're good. That's right, no. It was your intention to be a ball bag, right? Okay. It's all right, no. Be a ball bag, be a ball bag. That's not condescension, like fucking sweets, just, oh. Well, I don't like I do it that often, though, so I think I'm allowed one a year. I dish it out as a joke, but, you know... I was at a party one time. It was my sister's fucking whatever birthday, and then a uh, a friend was was leaving in the morning. Just fobbed off the sister there. <laughs> <laughs> she's, Some fucking she's sisters. She's had many fuck birthdays. I've lost count. But uh, <laughs> it was a scare. Was leaving. Imagine her having a birthday once a year. Like I think <laughs> we we happened to be talking about entourage the night before. So whatever happened then. You're all you haven't seen entourage. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the morning for the crack because I got on really well her husband. No, we're having a crack and really sound all. And then as she was leaving, I was just all, hug it out, bitch. I got there, because <laughs> Ari Gold says that. Yeah. And she said she was a big on Irish fan, but she was all, what? <laughs> oh. I was all, no, it's an Ari Gold thing. So just call me a bitch. I was all, no. Ari Gold says, hug it out, bitch. You know, and oh, and you said about 20 months ago, you're mad about it. Yeah, you said, no, you said last night when you are pissed, you loved on Irish. And oh, so I didn't call you a bitch. And I was just like, and this to your sister or just someone? No, one you of met? your friends who had right. just met. No, right. I, and so not only, is it, not only is it not awkward between us, but I've found you out to be a liar. <laughs> you know? right. so okay, you should have got angry with her. <laughs> <but all laughs> you fucking said you like, oh, there's you say, like, oh, there's you fucking bitch. <laughs> you're a fucking Actually, bitch. For real, for a bitch. Just fucking top shit, her motherfucker. But surely, from the context of even Birthday just saying "hug it out, bitch," say you, you know that's not an offensive term of saying "hug it out, bitch. bitch." You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, who's getting offended? Who's getting offended by "bitch" in this day and age? Like, I just bitch it. Like, I if you saw, if you call somebody a bitch, Yuri, this guy was from Derry, Oof. and she got offended. What I expect? I'm more off at Derry. Yeah, Derry one, maybe not. You know what I mean? Lost Trevor up or I don't know. But the fucking Derry, I was really fucking surprised by that now. <laughs> if you drop that C-bomb I'll be an awful fucking thing I'll get a check Hey Ari Gold said that Hey Ari Gold said that Hey Ari Gold said that You fucking slut He said that as well He says that all day He says that every episode I know you're on Say you like other you whop on hook no slut. I say every episode he drops on all these ones. I already slung my boot up your fucking hole. You drunken slut. I remember in episode fucking two, season three, where I can't remember, but he said that there it was really funny. And she's like, ah, your eye. Exactly. We're holding it on fat like that. Got, got a wee. Oh, God, I just fucking got. <laughs> <laughs> Her 
Yeah, it's like a wee evil laugh on him, right? Every... Oh, God. I think it's because it's... He's like a Pixar <laughs> villain in the corner here. <laughs> 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 it's pretty common because... of fucking The Incredibles. That's even... Syndrome. Oh, Syndrome. Uh... <laughs> fucking... Uh, my, 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 syndrome in the corner. my favorite sense of humor is fucking saying shit you're not supposed to say you know what I mean just talking about that they just go how far can you go how low can, can you go, go? but uh, and then occasionally you do say it and it's even funnier <laughs> <laughs> the person has it in the post deck you're just alive fuck it no regret that's what no I'm getting it <laughs> yeah so danger bottle is <laughs> every week we get a different bottle of liquor that we haven't tried before. Mm. And mm. so this week, Shan Coyle. Huh? Top draw. Oh, motherfucker. But you recently drank, Shan. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm all down for that. Very good pistol, fat blood. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking about that. <laughs> when, straight in the grave, boy. <laughs> when Shan brought up what, what he called a vampire uh, film he brought up last time. Mm. Oh, left all I like. If they drank your blood, it'd be like fucking forty percent. Nah, nice to be up in the fucking eighties, I reckon. <laughs> just getting blocked off, shit. <laughs> no more immortality, anyway. <laughs> Wouldn't worry about that immortality. It's gonna kill you. Wake up, looking like fucking Nosferatu. <laughs> right in the bag. In the bag. Oh, ooh, in the bag. Very, very fetching cost color bag. Yeah. Uh, we have. Do you, want to, do you want to reveal? No, no, I, I want to see if you can There are it. many cost-cutter bags like it, but this one's Michael's. <laughs> want to see if I can do what? Reveal? Yeah. Right, well, this week we got... Uh, percher? Is it Percher or Williams? I can't tell. Uh. <laughs> right, so we've got, percher Williams. We've got a... That sounds like a fucking... Sounds like a boy who owns a big conglomerate or something. <laughs> percher Williams. Uh, it is... Sudetroller Williams Christ Edel's brand. Oh, what the fuck? It's all in German, I think. What the fuck is it? I have no idea what this is. Is it a different language? It's, oh, it's, Jesus. It's, it's there too. clear and it gets you pissed. I think Aye. that's sort of... You always know. Like, like, oh, fuck, it's 40%. That's fucking rough stuff. That's, that's, I mean, that's, 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 that's larger. I haven't, I haven't exactly ex- examined this bottle. stronger than my V. Stronger than your V. Landon strip or what? My V's fucking... Nah, my V's... Nah, you should go for a full Brazilian like that Brazilian? Is it Landon strip? No, it's Brazilian. That completely fucking gone just... No, I think... Brazilians we strip as well. Is it I? Thanks, so. mm. <laughs> The Power Rangers just a wee thunderbolt. <laughs> or lightning bolt. You don't get a thunderbolt. Harry Potter's a wee lightning bolt just popped up the right. It's nearly, <laughs> it's nearly at the hop just. Uh, it's on his forehead too. Anyway. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, whatever this is, Percher Williams, it's a pear liqueur. This is what I know about it. I, it was uh, my soon sort of sister-in-law. All right, my my, my brother's girlfriend. Your son's sort of sister-in-law. My brother's girlfriend. Excellent sentence. Gave this to me, ma, and apparently it was bogging. Oh, no. So I asked, could I have ah, it so we uh, could have it as a danger bottle? Of course, <laughs> of course, can we have it? I, and it's been sat for about a year, so oh, it's probably that's, that's it's probably right. matured. So this has always been in this house. No. All oh, right. I, I got this today from me, ma. Ah, right, right. I thought you asked for like a year. I was wondering why you never used it before. No. You were just waiting to pull danger bottle. Oh, it has a wee, like, proper porn thing as well. Uh, no, well, do you want to do a shot? Pe- aye, pear is usually pretty manageable. But well. in saying that, that could be famous last words. Yeah. Can you pour these? Just I can. Pour that one, that one, and that one. Am I getting any sort of moist or anything? No. Is there a, no. Do you have a, a motive for this? 
it's Danger Bottle and we're doing a podcast. Am I pouring three just? No, no, Aye. do you have a motive for why the, the, f- the why first one? Pour those certain and ones? then the last, because that's the three I watched. I was, uh, <laughs> the first one? I was the first gonna, one and the last two. Joke, but actually, no, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the cold truth. It's the it? truth. I don't like doing shots of these fucking test tubes either because it makes it feel like you're doing way more. But it, it, it's, it's weird it's, though, it's I not. It's the same, but it's, it's just a psychological thing. Ah, no. ah Jesus. That's why we tiny drop it at will. All right, just calm down. Oh, you calm down. You calm down. Okay. I was just being. <laughs> okay, well. Oh, what? Oh, well. You fucking cunt. <laughs> right. All right, you want says it's good. Purple, red, or blue, Mickey? Purple. My okay. favorite color. Is it? Uh, I think so. This is a lot. Ask me, Ma, when <laughs> I was younger, could 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 uh, have my room painted purple? And she said, no. <laughs> and then she painted it sky blue. Yeah, and so. a big green room, so it did. But a yellow Because you, you always knew you'd be a superstar. <laughs> well, that's not having to. Like, Until <laughs> yeah. this podcast takes off, definitely not. You, you get the joke of Great Room. Yeah, I do. I, yeah. I got that one. It's good. I got that one. reference. That was a good one, wasn't it? <laughs> right. I'll take the blue one here. Quite, quicker. Mm-hmm. quicker. Right, so what <laughs> should I do? Blue's my favourite colour. Blue's my favourite? Because I'm a boy. Because <laughs> I'm a boy. Boys I'm dropping all myself. Can I drink them or what? I'm shaking like fuck too. <laughs> you haven't had any today, have no, you? I'm serious. We'll draw something. I have no idea why, but I'm shaking like a fucking shit and dog. Here. <laughs> right, let's get them on this. Alright, go on. Uh, uh, go on. Ooh, that's mm. strong. Ooh, that's good shit to wear. It's nice. It's a very mild pear taste. It's nice, but it's very strong. You can, yeah, I, I didn't drink all mine. <laughs> There's a butt coming up there, in fairness. Yeah. <laughs> I thrust it back. Ooh. I'm coming up. <laughs> can feel that, like. Aye, I feel it. It's yeah. like when we fucking had that patching a few weeks back. You can just kind of feel it immediately. I didn't even drink all my shots. I, uh, I, I, I very much thought that I was going to choke her, but I didn't. So that, that's a good sign. You always know when you drink really strong. Like, oh, you can just feel it. That hot air around you straight away. It's a. It, you feel like your head is like Santa's head. That's uh, <laughs> like Santa's it's head. Like Santa's like red, rosy head. I got pure Santa's head there. That's it. I do like it though. I know, like my sister and all was saying it was bogging, but they're not big. Mickey, we're basically fucking alcoholics. Uh, <laughs> you know I mean? It's a very mild pear taste through it, though. It's, it's very much the background note. I, 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 I didn't get any pear at all. Uh, I did just you not? Full on alcohol. I, I, oh, I got a wee. Oh, I got a wee pear. Pig wee, wee neck of pear in the fucking roof of the mouth. See, there. What, what yeah. I like about it is that it's full on it's alcohol, like but breathing it's, through it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to pretend. It's a drinking vodka through a pear. I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pretend they don't like drinking. And it's smoother than vodka. It has to be said. Like, yeah, Aye, that's what I'm saying. Concern, it's, it's, concern. It's forty percent. That's fucking. It's it's higher than V. It's it's quite a smooth taste. I like it. I like it. Uh, that's pretty I, good. I bought a little bit on it. I'll be taking that home tonight. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. Papa sort of for the weekend. <laughs> Bring out the Heron's party tomorrow. It's Should we mention that in the podcast? It's Heron's birthday tomorrow. Yay! Yay! 45. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a, oh, jeez. Oh, Maybe it's 45. <laughs> that's some changing now. <laughs> that was a night back draft. I poke her. We died reaction there. I must have been hiding them on my fucking uh, cabinet. That was the air just coming but, out of uh, that tent there. Uh, but, uh, poke draft, sorry. Well, speaking of, uh, fucking I used to be. We're working this fucking for this film fest. There was just by Dave, who's about thirty four, <clears throat> and then when he was just saying, he's like, hey, you know, he, like he's the biggest sort of 
Wayne, the oldest Wayne I've ever met, like he does fuck always time, apart from running this wee festival for nothing, and it's just like, hey, that's grand. And that's grand, he has, he's fulfilled those goals, that's sweet, no bar. But, uh, the party Wayne. <clears throat> he's just one of them boys, he's just like fucking, I don't know, he's made about fucking 200 films, every one on page. The same boy? Aye. They're all horrendous then? <clears throat> They're bargain. And then, uh, I'm gonna try to say. I know. I, <laughs> I, I kind of uh, got lost in this. Like, I oh, wait, one. How did this start? And two. <laughs> why are you telling us? <laughs> we were chatting about the drink, and then you just went on to this complete <laughs> non sequitur. It was because <laughs> not. This, this is what it was, right? Because uh, he always just they slag me. He's because, forty-five uh, as well. <laughs> <laughs> See, Neil, Jay Falls, me and you sitting there about three hours later, and the, the man is saying he was 45. <laughs> no, but I think it was right. We were, chat, we were chatting about ages and all. He was all like, he's all like, cat and all, what's your age and all? He's all like, broken, what's your age and all? He's all, what's what age you using? He's all, I'm, uh, I'm 26, and he's just all. That's <laughs> all. What? He's all, <laughs> you're 26. Oh, you know, it's like the Irish thing, make fun of the German. I was all. No, I'm 26. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> come on, come on, guys. I want to see your passport. And I was just all, I'll chew it And then uh, he was just all, you fucking Irish all the time, fucking making fun of the Germans and all. I was Fake passports and all. I was just thought, you know what? I won't fucking chew Because I don't have that fucking prefer and fucking point fucking kick. <laughs> Whatever. And I just got fucking went pure Craig and all. But uh, <laughs> it was just one of these things. I was just all, what age do you think I am? He's all 34. Oh, oh. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Got a, had, had a few city minds on me, hey? <laughs> it would seem. A lot of miles on that face. But at the same time, I was kind of going like, you know, <laughs> he thought like me and him were like near off the same age and all, so we could have a thing. You know, like, oh, we're the same. I was just all, nah, chief. I've made like fucking three films and one of them's better and fucking all here. And the back of your head, you're kind of hacking that, but at the same time, you're just going, fuck. No, but like, the one thing I'll say about the, the, the films is that he feels that finishing a film is like how you make a film. Aye. You know, he, the, the man is like the most stylish fucking cunt ever met in my life. <laughs> Sorry, fuck. Seems and like it, that, that 34J burned deep in me. <laughs> no, but it was just, you know, I'm talking about generally about filmmaking because there's a couple of things I'm just looking at at the minute and it's sort of, he is playing in my head while I'm doing these things the last week. And it's like, it's definitely quantity over quality. He is the best loving example I've ever met of quantity over quality. I don't give him, and I asked him, so, so what's like, what's your one film that you think, you know, defines you or what's, you know, what's your style? And he's like, I don't really have a style. And he's like, you've made 200 films. <laughs> no, you yeah. obviously have you some sort of. don't have a style. You obviously have some sort of working. Hi. I was just all, he's all, I think they're all comedies. I was all, Jesus oh, Christ. Sweet Christ. I was all, you're saying every one of your films are comedies? It's like I, I'm not even being like he's all. I'm like I don't like a laugh once, and it's all. I, I hate the fucking shit, and I get like, but it, I don't like doing it. But, I was, but it's just like seems to be doing all. I'm doing an awful lot of it, but like you're doing grand, like you're. I'm talking about in the fucking crossroads of fucking life. Somebody went, do you know what? Maybe you're not a great filmmaker, like. Do you know what I mean? And just you know, because it's like you're 34. You've been doing this since you were fucking 17. It's not. It's not like you've went. You know, you've achieved anything. But is he just doing it for his own personal <clears throat> enjoyment? No. Or is he actually trying to forge no, a career? He, 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 he's like, doing it so he can say he's made 200 films. Right. The, 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 aye. No. Right. He's one of these guys that goes, What's wrong, I, I don't like entering uh, competitive, like heavily competitive competitions, right? He enters what they call C category festivals, right? Which 
pretty much like most most festivals say say like Foy Fall Fest for example they get two two thousand entrants for the thing they have to narrow it down to like twenty mm. or ten or I don't know thirty five or I don't know, something like that. Is, Whereas the ones he enters, two hundred people enter, probably does, and sometimes they're just trying to fill the bill. So there's no faltering process not, at all. Not really at all. So it just looks the quality of the uh, festival. Yeah. Pretty much, but then he's all no, I'm not competitive. No, I don't like the competition. Not there. As soon as he gets an award, he's oh yes, I won another award. Not there. And, he throw it, and you're like, ah, uh, so it's feast or a famine moment. I, I was sort of saying to Dave, like I was like kind of going, right? Would you, would you not rather win, like, not not like I'm saying, like the Palm Door, but like you not rather win like one Palm Door rather than your fucking thirty accolades? Me saying he's all no. I was like, but you know. It's very hard to determine quality if you don't fucking aim high, and it just you know when somebody's fucking aims are that low, it's just you just want to fucking shake them. I don't know. Ah, yes. Well, I mean, it's just what see. <coughs> obviously, not understand what the phones. I'm are. bringing it up because it's a proper conversation. Because no, Bro- no, Brogan no, got on to no. me for getting on about Dave and getting on to Dave. Brogan's all, come on, he's grand. He's just fucking doing this. But that's a fucking problem. It's muddy in the waters. It muddies the fucking thing. If there's so many fucking films being made that uh, people that don't know how to make fucking films. I'm wondering no, how long are his films? I'm assuming about ten minutes. All, all shorts all very very shorts I thought because obviously Jesus Christ but they're all, no, they're no all punch can... they're all like punch lines they're not they don't say anything they don't yeah. move you they're not funny and they're like they're all they're pretty much all made at Kino Cabaret's yeah where they're like you know you've got oh, a certain amount of time I have a certain amount of time to do this here it's all uh, yeah he's like uh, oh, but but like this is a sense about it. oh do the jazz hands because that's funny you know that's that's the way his mind works like oh. you know or we'll have like you know the like the, the 40s music like the ragtime because that's like that's funny it's it's like there's there's something on the psyche of this guy that goes right that's funny rather than I'm laughing yeah. which that's where the fucking problem lies the straight like what I'm wondering too is what sort of crew would he have I mean what's the the finished look does it look professional or does it look very amateur it looks amateur in the other light no I would assume so like I mean but the way I see it the reason and uh, the way I see it is like there, there's certain <coughs> ideas that somebody goes oh, uh, your woman has this suitcase that she can fit on at a festival and because uh, and then this happened and then this became like the kind of niche of the film and it just happened to be that that was the one that people laughed at because it was a funny idea but he didn't come up there he just shot it and sort of directed it and from what so I'm hearing of like being so ridiculously prolific and being short films and almost it being very slapsticky and sort of did his humour. Yeah. It almost seems like he's like fucking I'm not saying that he's Buster Keaton or Charlie Chaplin, but it almost seems like he's using the production method of like the sort of silent era comedies and stuff like that, you know what I mean? But I mean like I don't think that he, he means that. I mean well, I don't know, I don't know the fella, but Aye. it's 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 a weird way of working. The boy is the the boy is like little no theory. Yeah, yeah. and that, that that's fine. I mean, fucking, what do you call him? Uh, Werner Herzog says like the death of your film career is going to school. I personally disagree Quint, with that. Uh, Quentin Tarantino said that too. I do. Uh, Quentin Tarantino is not because in terms of shit, really. Like. Yeah, but it's, it's just obviously because he's so in the spotlight and seen as one of the top directors. Uh, it's always I, mean, I always revere Scorsese because he has a mixture of knowledge theory and being able to apply it. That's why I always love the man. You know what I mean? I think like most things, a balanced approach is always best. I think that. I think it's very pompous to say, oh, don't go to film school and just go and start going on film crews at a young age. But then I also think it's pompous to say, oh, no, you have to go to school and ignore films. They learn about them yeah. first before you go on. I think that maybe not even going to school and learning about film, possibly just kind of self-teaching mm-hmm. yourself and reading Aye. and reading a lot of theory books and stuff like that. And then going on their crew at a young age 
I think that's maybe the best approach. It's strange. I like that. Obviously, we both went to film school and stuff like mm. that, and I love film school and it gives me all the knowledge that I have now. But at the same time, in hindsight, because of the problems that I've had getting work on film crews, mm-hmm. because fucking obviously, whilst I was learning about theory and stuff like that at, at Queens and learning about film at Queens, that's when a lot of people who didn't go to school were starting it as runners around seventeen or eighteen. Mm-hmm. So by the time I came out of Queens, I had no professional credits, and I'm sure a lot of people are the same, yet somebody who doesn't have any theory had been working in the industry for about five years and had made great contacts and networked and stuff like that, and maybe, obviously, they went from runner to fucking mm. first assistant camera, or they could even be fucking producers at that okay, point. You never know, okay. just depend on the contacts they made. Yeah. So I think it always is a balance sort of thing. It's good they have the theory, because I think you understand film more. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have to go to school to do it. You can't teach yourself. But then it's always good as well, I think, they sort of get into the film industry early. Because the door shuts, I think, Aye. very quickly on you if you don't. I th- well, no, I don't know about that. The, the door sh- I think there's always been a few. You can always get on it and stuff. You can I mean, always get on, but it, it, believe me, for someone who left it a wee bit later than what I probably should have, it's it's. I tough. don't think 20s is late, though. I think 50s is late, 40s uh, is no, late. No, I, I know that, but I mean, like, obviously, you know, late 20s and all that there, too. But even from people I know personally, probably from a personal opinion... Like, I think I should have went on there quicker after uni instead of kind of waiting for a certain job. Um, but, I don't know, I suppose a, a balanced approach is always best for it. Like I See, I think, it's weird, like, I mean, like, for, for, just from my own experience and stuff, and meeting people, um, and just working on wee things, even, like, us working on stuff, and, like, we've worked on things with Sham before, and Mick as well, and all, and I think, <clears throat> I, I seriously think, what one I've just learned, TV is definitely a thing where... I definitely think there's there's more wankery. People put up by more wankery. There's something about TV personalities and stuff. It just I don't know. That's why I don't. You know what I mean? But we film. I think that see if you get on with people, and you're decent at what you do, you'll be alright, mm. and you'll get more jobs and you get more work. And this is where I think this Jeremy guy the game I'm telling you about sort of fell short of you because he's done work and stuff there. But social skills aren't great, and he just I think he has a. I kind of an inability to look at something and go, this needs something. Or, or his favourite director is Terry Gilliam mm. and he can't explain why he likes Terry Gilliam. I says, why do you like Terry Gilliam? And he goes, oh, it's because it's rough and it's whatever. And I said, no, but why, like, I mean, why is it? Because it moves you in a certain way? Does it, you know, emotionally? Or is it just pure style? And he's like, oh, it's just pure style. And, I, and he's like, but what about this scene? How do you feel about this scene? He's like, oh, it's a great scene. A great scene. It, it, it's very... But see, for me personally, I, I don't mind that. See, if somebody says they made it, they're favourite director is for example Terry Gilliam and they say oh, it's just I just like the way it looks uh-huh. and they can't really explain it on an emotional level I don't mind that because I know, two other films. I know I know that but <laughs> if I, no I know that but for me like I I, I kind of know that not everybody's like me or you or you that we kind of love film on like maybe a, a different level we kind of mm. read so much on this stuff a lot of people just love films for the kind of visual Aye. experience so they love it just as a casual viewer and that's the things Aye. they pick out and if they want to make films and maybe Aye. replicate that sort of stuff or, or take it, I, I don't mind that like Aye. I don't think I think that's a nice thing just about filmmaking or art that you, you know everybody can do it and they can do it and then you don't really have to have goals or strive for certain I, no, things no I understand that but I mean it's like you know it's that thing of, of, of writing as you know you write to stay connected you know what I mean you write to put a message out the message that you think that you believe in that you know you put it out you know and if somebody else is feeling the same way, then happy days. You know, that's the sort of... But, it's, I mean, it's so, a but that's, that's the sort of writer you are, and I think that, I, I mean, like maybe I would have the same sort of mindset if I mm. was writing some, but then there's people who just want to write Aye. a story that's fun. No, no, of course. I know, but, but, well, the thing I'm talking about, the reason I'm saying about the thing I always met Dave is, is that there's not a really resonant movie. It's Noel Gallagher said it years ago. He said, like, how do you write songs? Why do you write songs? He says, you listen to your favourite songs, 
and you figure out why you like them. You figure out the mechanics of how that song worked and why that worked. The problem I'd have with your man Dave is it looks like he hasn't bothered to do that at all. <laughs> your man Dave has become the punchline now so far. No, do you know what I mean? It's just <laughs> no, like, no, no, he, no, he no, hasn't no, tried to break it down. Right, he hasn't bro- he broken it down. Why, why, this, why does this look great? Why is this whatever? It's just... And he hasn't strived to create the Terry Gilliam-esque thing or hasn't... He, he, Terry Gilliam is not in any of his films. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll you know, And it just... Yeah. That frustrates me. It's just because... Maybe it's just because I just disagree and I'm a different type of filmmaker, but just that aspect of him annoys me. And I, I think because it's so easy to make films now, not everybody should make films. I, I think, I mean, you, should, you shouldn't just because it's easy because you can make films. You know, if you really want to make some, but... You know, I mean, that's that's just my opinion. But the fact that you can doesn't mean you should. And I think that's my problem with things like your man. No, no, no I definitely understand that as well. I suppose it's because the sort of filmmaker you are where you do kind of think that film should be an art form and it should be considered. And I, I, I definitely get where you're coming from. But then at the same time, I don't really have a problem with your man. Just making it just for... Well, I time. fucking do. No, I'm <laughs> 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 That's right. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. Perfect. <laughs> I, I stay caught. When we went to talk about the festival. I say, are we heading to fucking Dave's moving castle? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I fuck it, don't I? What have you watched this week, folks? Uh, I watched... say, what have you watched this week, Harry? Not what have you watched last week. Eh. <laughs> I recorded that entire thing. <laughs> I know. We never stopped rolling here. Right. But through the magic of Ellen, <laughs> right. uh, I watched uh, Man the Lage, which is is not a wee favorite of yours. It's a good wee flick. Uh, yeah, it's not so bad. What there? I can never remember. It's just fun. about all the shit you can do if you have a lage, like you know, uh, like hang out, like hanging baskets, or uh, uh, you put some nice uh, shoes or bogging. You just you know have a fag you sort of have them hanging out the window and then you close the window to keep the laces in but then get the bog and smell out of your shoes Compli- put a wee onion in or put some nice buttercups or wet the beds or if you're fed same. up with having a wardrobe just hang your clothes outside in the bag or fuck yourself off it or if you're in the twin towers fuck yourself off it <laughs> it doesn't have to be the twin towers you know? <laughs> I know well, it is now uh, or if you were me and if I was in the twin towers I would have oh, had a parachute in my fucking drawer I have said that and I, I would have had a shatter hammer off Ulster Bros when I ran <laughs> up so bang shatter hammer you know about 10 people what up I was going to parachute me like, get the fuck bang <laughs> door locked but Tom uh, Cruise Mission Impossible 2 do we flip him out there bang Mission Impossible 3 no 2 3 2 three. oh a fight starting no and two because he throws a wee grenade blows up the wall and he jumps out of the window and two to get rid of Get out of the way, I do Grace Scott. Well, in three, he jumps out of the the building as well, and he, he's base jumping out of the building, but he's too low to do a proper base jump, and then just slams into the taxi. I have always said though that maybe not, <laughs> maybe not in particular. No, that's one he had a parachute. Though. If I was the I know he has a parachute though. This one, as if, well? if you were to work in any skyscraper, just through but the threat of terrorism low. or anything going wrong, you would de- now apparently they're super expensive, but you would definitely have a parachute yeah. in your fucking house, or your house, or your office. Definitely, just you're all fucked. The one they don't bring a parachute that works. That's called the Daisy Flat fucking plane. Uh, I left it hanging. Wife's gonna, she's not gonna be happy about this. Oh, for fuck's sake! I left it out in the dryer. (laughs) Jesus, she was out in the lane. The parachute's out in the lane. (laughs) Fuck's sake! That's fucking raining as well. Uh, Couldn't accept that. I'm gonna get soaked as well. Which I had to fucking do. The the, the irony, no coincidence. Not not coincidence. (laughs) Irony, no. Americans always get irony wrong. Did you ever see it? She's M T. Some of the herons taking on the world tonight. Dave America. Dave America. The Taliban. Irony, <laughs> the fucking Taliban. 
Well, you know it's an inside job, so I'll take on America. Yeah, no, I'm just going. George Bush, we come for you, baby. Has he stopped recording? No. I thought I'd seen the wee phone go towards the that not record button. Right. In fairness, watch Man the Age this week, directed by Asger Leth. He's only had three films. Asgard! Asgard. <laughs> Home of the gods! But, uh, what do you call that? They're taking the hobbits to us. They're taking the hobbits to Asgard! 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 Well, it is Asgard, but doesn't matter. Strange, this boy Asgard Leth has only had three films. How was his last one, on him? Uh, no, what? Well, he done two in the same. His last two films. Or there's three that he's done. We're both in 2012. He'd on Man the and then I think two months after on Move On, which only has 500 Man the Age and then Move On. Move On. Somebody else is looking to do themselves on. Through his film titles, he's subtly alone to his fucking eventual suicide. Maybe that's what happened to him. That's why he stopped making No, he's still living back. Did he try to get fucking Craig David to do a wee track for that? Move On. That's a Craig David one. It was he. It's Craig David on the soundtrack. But it was, uh, right, move, I don't know, but I'm just saying that, uh, <laughs> I don't know, more likely it wasn't. <laughs> Probably not. I don't think he's been on many soundtracks for many years. But uh, He has a new song, I don't know. He? He's a fucking absolute phenomenon, in my yeah. opinion. But uh, He got I, rebuilt. That's going to get the number one. The one that happened. No, sorry. But, sorry, we're gone. Sorry, we weren't up near. No, even at that, uh, Man the Lage, it's, it's one of those films that I think, See after the first ten minutes, you kind of get the setup, and it is a sort. It is the, the definition of high concept. Man stands in a ledge whilst a heist is taking place across the street by his muggers, and he's put all this his together. Brother. His brother, sorry, hmm. and he's standing on this ledge to distract the police, you know, because they think that he's going to commit suicide, but really he's not. He's got this other thing going on, and <laughs> I got this other thing going on. Yeah, I got this other thing going on. I, I got but this whole thing going. Do you know what? See the see the setup. It's one of those films that the setup and the initial idea. Is always way better than the rest of them. Like, see, setting up the idea of a boy standing on a ledge because he's trying to distract the cops because there's a heist going on across the street because of this fucking beef that he's got with this big investment banker whose office is directly across from the hotel he's staying in. That's really interesting. But then after 15 minutes, you're just bored. It just peaks too early. Because then the rest of the film is basically just him standing on a fucking ledge while his brother and his missus try and get into this vault. And it's just... You would think that his brother and his missus trying to get into a vault in any other film would be one scene, maybe two scenes, and really tense, and all the guards are coming up the stairs, and you're going to be caught or whatever else. But it's lovely of them doing that for about 45, 50 minutes. It's t- and oh, it just gets really uh, tiresome really is it, quickly. Is it Sammy Lee Worthington? It's Sam Worthington, he's the yeah. main character. And then Jamie Bell's his brother. And Genesis Rodriguez Genesis Rodriguez who's also who the fuck named her (laughs) she's got a fucking superb name but uh, she's also in Run All Night which I watched recently which is a a lot better but anyway Run All Night is that Ed Harris as well Uh, Ed Harris and that too Maybe he's maybe he's doing a wee thing. Oh. You never know. Gas and coffee. No bother, hey. No bother. He's a fucking lethal looking man oh, for yeah, sixty. But do, do you not do you not think in Man on Ledge though his head looks really big? Like it looks like he lost a lot of weight. He does have a big. Do you know head, what? Uh, you're exactly I think he's right. surrounded by people with smaller heads. So that's <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're exactly right because I actually remember you saying this 
I think when you brought Man in the Leech on the podcast ages ago. And I did notice, I mean, he's a pretty trim guy anyway, but he looks even thinner than usual. Mm. Like, he does, he looks very, very fucking gaunt. Aye, now, maybe aye. it's because he's got a tight fitting suit on or something like that, but he looks kind of, aye, too thin, I would say, for but a man. His looks head like looks massive. a really fucking massive head is uh, Gone Baby Gone. Casey Affleck. Because Casey probably has, a, you know, a, a less... A child-sized head. Aye, pro- probably a less than average... Sized head. He's a very chilled voice too. Head, so Ed's head looks fucking messy. <laughs> can we all agree? Me and a friend of mine who are big Casey Affleck fans. Can we all agree that Casey Affleck constantly sounds like he needs a pack of strepsils? It constantly sounds like he's got a fucked up throat. Oh. You not think that? He seems but, like he's always got a very hoarse throat. Get but this one opportunity, I'm not gonna mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> right there, he's just all that. So you think it's all yarns and fairy tales. Not there. I love Jesse James. Oh, so oh, good. So good. He's just a human being. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But I, now, do you know what? I, I don't actually have that much more to say about my knowledge. I think that it's a good idea for a high concept and then it sets up the idea pretty well in the first 15 minutes but then it just executes it really poorly because it then just turns on the Sam Irvington stand on a ledge whilst Elizabeth Banks chats to him and then this really underwhelming heist is taking place across the street which really could have been done in a scene or two but drags out for far too long and then at the very end it gets I mean if, if you can kind of if you can kind of pull yourself back and believe the initial setup, which you can, obviously we drop our believability to accept these sort of films. At the end, though, it just goes really over the top. I know that's what it's going to say. Fucking ridiculous! So what you were saying, like it just ends up being a man on a ledge for however long, and you, you can see them thinking, like while writing it, it's like, right, we, we need to we make, make this, this really exciting. We have, we towards have, I, the end. I, I, like, we have to give this a big finish. You no, know, you know what we do. Add more ledges. <laughs> it <laughs> jumps from ledge I... to ledge. <laughs> <laughs> not even that, because, I mean, at, fair enough, it's really over the top, because it's never explained how all of a sudden Sam Irvin is a fucking parkour expert. You know what I mean? But the thing, the thing, that, I, the thing that I don't like is that I don't mind him jumping, because that's just kind of fucking easy action, especially because uh. he's been static for fucking 45 minutes. They want him to do something. And you can sort of put that away, even though they could have probably done it in a more refined or more believable way. But it's just how quickly the plot descends on the complete first end of that all these fucking it's it's this doesn't spoil a lot, but all these corrupt cops from it, and then well yeah. fuck it actually spoilers for Man the Ledge <laughs> that he just gets off fucking absolutely scot free. He literally dives off the building at the end, lands on like, kills himself. What do you call the things at like the the, the front of hotels? Parachutes. No, the thing, what do you call them? You know, what do you call those things? Uh, like, a canopy or whatever. A canopy. A canopy yeah. So he dives it's off. Kind of like Terminator, Terminator Two in Precisely. Venice. Like. So he dives off this. Uh, no, after stand up afraid. Stand up afraid. Terminator Two Venice level. Uh, stand up afraid. Uh, dives off this hotel from about 45 stories up lands in this canopy perfect fucking landing which is absolutely no, ridiculous does he not land in the big inflatable thing oh, no, that you do right. for he does, he does he does land the big inflatable Aye. thing Aye. but even at that the distance he is from fuck it it's really I know. Hey, the jump I mean? is amazing the jump is fucking <laughs> perfectly executed like but sorry actually Mickey's right he lands on this big is, thing at the, the cops, cops have put that up Aye, the no, cops it's, have it's a lethal, lethal, lethal weapon job so the cops have put out basically this big suicide bouncy castle sort of thing so he can fucking land on that suicide castle <laughs> but he executes this jump perfectly from about 45 stories up then 
rolls off, and even though he's a wanted felon, uh, that's the other thing I forgot to mention, Sam Worthington, he's standing on the ladies defender, he's a wanted felon, all these cops flood towards this fucking bouncy castle, right? He rolls <laughs> off there, not one of them fucking touches him, pushes his way through them. It's a big bouncy castle. Goes up and then <laughs> fucking nails Ed Harris in the jaw. He was asking then, for it. all of a sudden, this reporter comes up because he pulls this diamond that apparently he stole to be put in prison in the first place out of Ed Harris's pocket and goes, look, I never stole it. And this reporter's like, oh my God, he's innocent. And then fucking not a cop touches him. He's just let off as a so hero. Ed Harris had this big fucking dirty diamond in his pocket. Ed Harris was... It was, it was all about the insurance money. Yeah, it was all about the insurance money. So Ed Harris... Have you seen it? Uh, Ed Harris framed him for stealing this diamond and Sam Worthen went away. Then Where he the broke out of prison. What the fuck did Ed have in his pocket? Exactly. No, have you seen it? No, no, dickhead. This is the whole point of the film. I'm going to defend this film <laughs> for about 15 minutes. No, <laughs> no, I, I, I give what Chan's saying about it, but no, the whole point of the heist that Jamie Bell, Sam Martin's brother, is doing is to steal that diamond to prove that he didn't steal it. So then Ed Harris gets wise to this, so then takes the, the diamond from the vault, what it said, to stop Jamie Bell from stealing it, and then has it in his pocket. But why Sam would he Martin... it on himself? Like... No, because he's going back into the building at that time. Give it to trusted advisor. Oh, he can't trust anybody. <laughs> yeah, and he can trust loads of people. He's Ed Harris. He's got a lot. He's, he's intense. <laughs> he's dirty, so obviously he keeps a diamond. Doesn't trust anybody, so he has his own fucking thing going. I know he, he but he's going back. He's, he's 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 going back to the build now because Jamie Bell's been caught, and so he's going back to the build and they put it back in the vault. Sam Worthington knows this. This is why he jumps off the building onto the big bouncing castle. Bouncy castle, punches him in the back because he knows it's his last chance to get the fucking diamond off. But at the same time, however, and not even at that, I don't mind the fact that I actually don't have this much uh, of a problem with the diamond being on his fucking blazer. I don't like the fact that he whoops out the diamond and then even though he's a wanted felon and really nothing has been solved yet, all these cops kind of stand off him and he's scot free straight away and it's like well, such no, they, an overly happy end. They, they get it. What? It's like, oh, he didn't steal it. I got it. I'm. I'm not going to be the man to put this man away. No, I don't know. He's free man. Mikey, this will not happen. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to be that cop. It's, 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 it's probably could have benefited from a bit of, a bit of, you know, a bit of, you know, lifting the character hair, a bit of folklore around him. If, if he was like a sort of a the saint type Kaiser Suzy character, you know what I mean? Just a bit of. Oh, this guy, there's a bit of mystery around this guy. Well, no, they, like, when he's on the ledge, you know, there's, there's a whole big kind of hype around him, because yeah, he, right. he, like, he used to be a cop and stuff. He used to be a cop, Aye. So, like, oh, all the cops, normally want him to be free. Aye, I know that, but it's just, it's one of those thrillers that kind of says... I trust that, but I work with that, man. It's one I, I work thr- beat with that guy. Best goddamn cop I've ever It's one of those thrillers that sets itself up. One of those cops, one of those cops, one of those films that sets itself up in a believable way, and then just... No, but it's obvious that... They had an idea for a film, and then they thought, right, we haven't really got past the concept stage, but we kind of want it to be this realistic, gritty thriller. But then halfway through, they're all, right, we haven't got a fucking clue what else to do with this or how to end it in any way. So let's just fucking really not care about anything else and fucking make them dive off on the Amounty Castle. Just Ed Harris and then be Scott Freelich. It's, I, I don't know, because I, I, I like the initial setup. I just thought there was, there was a far better film there. Mm. Not a far better film. Not not song that you would have wrote home about or fucking would have took all these awards, but, but there was a better it, thriller there. I think it's always kind of way with the high concept stuff. I know that the end never really kind of pays off. It doesn't seem particularly high concept, though. But high concept basically is just you have one idea that's really amplified. You know what I mean? And plus, and I, is... I meant to say to you as well, I, I, I did kind of like the way Jamie Bell and Janice Rodriguez, the way they were 
break it in. It was all kind of homemade stuff and, and all. I thought that kind of angle was cool. But all are having all this kind of high tech stuff because where would they get that from? Yeah, but like I was like I was saying before too, did you not just get really bored of them really quickly? I kind of liked them. They were, I, I, they were basically doing. I got they, fed they were up. basically doing over 45 minutes what you usually see in two scenes I got and fed up with their kind of back and forth of why are you being so kind of light and jokey when you're in this intense situation not even that that I really I that I hated the lightness and as well I really hated the fact that the, the, the running gag through the film of her not really fancy and Hammer talking about like X conquest and all that that, was, that wasn't even funny the first time why do you keep bringing it up like but it's I don't know is, is high concept not like high raise for example a simple idea Amplified, surely. Like, obviously, this is heightened reality, but would not be just like a, a highly, you know, just a highly complicated crime thriller. Action I'll flick. I'll get the definition. High no, concept I... usually is just a. Here we are. I'm just, no, just. Not... I mean, I, 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 Hi, I, I don't know. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just don't know. High concept is a type of artistic work that can be easily patched with a succinctly stated premise. Premise. From Ace, mm, Primus, I'm still doing it. Well, I suppose I, Prison uh, Break, good example. Aye. But so basically... Aye. Man on man on age is basically... This is That, that is the right definition right? of it's a man standing on age and he's... Aye. He don't know why he's there. You know what I mean? That, that's just a song that you can... <laughs> no, there's a man on age. There's a man on age trying to prove himself right. There's a high school on across the street. Yeah, if you, you just have measly pitch to you, oh. <laughs> Alien Jaws in space. Uh. <laughs> that's the way that was pitched, man. Jaws in space. 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 <laughs> Jaws in space. <laughs> sure, sure. Beverly Hills Cop Three is just fucking diehard in Disneyland. <laughs> Do you want to go next or will I go next? What is it? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go next. Oh, the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, what is it? What are we doing again? What's going on here? I'm really just thinking I'm blocked. Yeah, you've <laughs> lured me here under false pretenses. <laughs> <laughs> What's this fluffy thing in front of my nose? <laughs> That'll be a mole. Cancerous. No, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> this week I watched Pop Star no, Never I... Stop, Never Stop Aiding. No, I didn't. Did? Did you? Did you? Right. Was it good? Why? Why would I make that up? I'm very nudy. Twitter, but Edgar Wright. You can't even say Twitter. Right? Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright done a done a tweet the other night saying that he done a tweet the other night saying that he thinks that pop star is the best film of ever or the best comedy film of a very dull summer. God. There you go. Would you I, agree? I, I would yeah. go along with that because yeah. it it has a bit. Ha, it has been a pretty bleak summer, to be fair. Enough. A lot of people are saying that this might be the worst summer for films in a good lot of years because, considering there's been so many blockbusters that everybody had really really high this hopes on, the like year. the BFG and so you get it every couple of years, you get a really bad no, but summer. This is the old seventies year. This is the where we, we we're going to get see a resurgence of good indie directors yeah, next year. You would, you would like you would like the hope yeah. so, wouldn't we? But this has been the year. I read an article the other day on Rockbox where they're saying that. It's the most sort of noticeable one in at least a decade because BFG, Massive Hopes, really, really loves source text or source material. Shite. Suicide Squad, probably the most hype film of the year. Shite. Well, apart from Batman v Soups. Batman, there's Doesn't that. Exactly. Batman, well, there, there's the part there, but they should have seen that it was going to go. That should have been the omen. Batman vs. Superman. Well, it was it all going to go down They're still going to. They still made serious bucks. They're going to make no, more. No, no, I know that. Of course, they're going to make more, but they're just saying, like, obviously on an enjoyment level, just yeah. quality wise. Quality wise, quality anyway. control, Mick. Quality control. We are the quality control. <laughs> go on. Yeah, pop star never stop, never stopping. It's a film from the Lonely Island Boys. So it's Adam Sandberg. Can't mind their names. 
Akiva Akiva Goldman. Do you know who puts me no. off? No, it's <laughs> Akiva Schaefer, has it? Akiva Schaefer and just do you know who put me off at just that film that it's just never stop, never stopping. I was just like, oh, fuck off. No, oh, but it's I know it's. Oh, oh, oh no, I didn't know that. No. <laughs> <laughs> just that. What? That, that sort of sense of humor. I just find it stupid and not funny. Apparently, jo- Dave made it. Jorma Takone. Oh, fucking Dave definitely made <laughs> is, is the third member of Lonely Island. Takome is in there. For it? once, I have a. I have a I don't know. It's pronunciation like, it's thing? Like a, it's like an anchorman it's, thing. It's spelled yeah, kind of shit. Cone. But it's an Italian surname. Isn't that T-A-C-O-N-E? Is he an Italian man? No, it's T-A-C-C-O-N-E. So it's Cone. So Tacone. It's Cone. Cone. Like would there not be an accent over the E? If no, like no that's French. Cone. Not Italian. Wait, what does Italian do? Italian doesn't have an accent. What's the red? Wait a minute. Is it the cannolis? Where's the cannoli, you motherfucker? Okay, um, yeah, so it's, it's good, but a uh, stereotype in there. <laughs> well, how else are you going to get across an Italian yeah, accent without being stereotyped? Yeah, Especially folk. on the radio where you can't see the hand movement, like, you know? I don't know. <laughs> that's how fucking specs talk. Oh. <laughs> Is that even the right fucking racial I know racial it's not, story? of course. <laughs> Dagos. I know. All right, don't, you, oh, you don't have to fucking correct them. <laughs> Just tell them the actual like, slur. I mean, you don't have to. El Dagos. You don't have to keep saying things. He was just his first. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was he no, did it first. No, he 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 was just his first. <laughs> he invaded Poland. <laughs> he fucking he, no no. He invaded fucking Poland. The <laughs> Mickey's favorite one. I got you on this fucking. Lead desperate fucking right. So pop star never stopped, never stopping. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's from Lonely Island. So if you don't know who Lonely Island are, they. Done a bunch of stuff for Is Saturday Night Live. No, <laughs> They've done a, stu- a lot of stuff for Saturday Night Live. They did Deck in a Box with Justin Timberlake and I Just Had Sex featuring My personal Akon. favorite Creep with John Waters. Creep it's with John Waters. Sublime. Did they do The Lazy Sunday as well or was that just Adam Sandberg with someone else? I don't think I've seen that one. So I wouldn't the Lazy Sunday? The Narnicles... Of what ghouls of Narnia? Yeah. No, that's I think I, I think that's just SNL. I think yeah. that's just Andy Sandberg guy. Okay. Well I know. Have you never seen that? Have you never seen that? That's twice, not by five months. <laughs> I haven't fucking seen it. Just taking a half. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so Pop Star never stopped, never stopping. Well wow. No, I keep chatting, I just might see your arm for a month. Why what's wrong? Oh, fuck's your arm so red? I mean so red. We're under oh, red. No, light. actually no, I, I must see it. it's gonna end. I thought there was some wrong your fucking arm there. Go ahead. Did you think I was dying? No, I just thought you might have a wee bit of a swell. I thought your arm was sore as well. Yeah, go ahead. Aye, so it's 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 basically um, a mockumentary, kind of making fun of just those kind of concert documentary films of Justin Bieber, mm-hmm. Katy Perry, One Direction, like. Yeah. And so sophisticated. Adam Sandberg plays Connor for real. <laughs> I, I just as I'm saying this just Heron get more and more annoyed with what I'm talking <laughs> about it's fine but uh yeah so go ahead he, he's he started he started off in in a group called the Style Boys with the other <laughs> with the other two people from Lonely Island uh, I think their character names are Lawrence and Will and so they they had a few hits but then Connor became the standout so then Lawrence and Connor had a fallen out so Connor went so and Will became Connor's DJ and Lawrence went and became a farmer. This is basically a technical then of Justin Timberlake's career basically on that. <laughs> it's, I, well, it, it has mixtures of like Justin Timberlake and Justin Bieber so just anyone called Justin that's famous basically. Okay. But <laughs> no because I heard an interview with the Lonely Island boys and 
the interviewer mentioned that they noticed that the first like opening few scenes of pop star is like an exact recreation of the first few scenes of justin bieber's film oh, <laughs> and they did that like purposely and stuff. it was just pretty fun it's nice to hear that they went they such kind of even if mo- probably most people would see this film hadn't seen the justin bieber film yeah, but no, just to kind of get that feel for those kind of films and i think if you're if you're doing a spoof like this here the thing that makes it work a lot is actually making it feel like the thing it's supposed to be spoofing 100 if you've done your research if you're doing any sort of well, this isn't well if you're doing a mockumentary basically yeah then oh, you're exactly right because like obviously the, the king of this kind of stuff is this is spinal tab yeah but i think still is too right yeah. shots no, I think I pop stars better. Than this. Oh. No, <laughs> but it's spinal tap a tickle piss. It's not, no, it's but not, oh, of course it's a tickle piss. But it, what, what? It's not taking the piss of anything. It's taking the piss of rock and roll excess and rock and roll lifestyles. I, I know this specifically is kind of. I it's well, it's it's structured aye. in the same way as those real documentaries. Oh, it's like, like a, it's a real uh, okay. So it's like a, there's a camera on office style. Ah, yeah, aye. it's a mockumentary. Oh, right, okay, yeah, sorry, sorry. I thought it was like sort of. Like hot shots where it's supposed to be a film. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Right, no, it's 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 done like it's a documentary. Oh, and for most of it, it never goes really crazy over the top. The only times it really kind of properly like breaking the fourth wall or just go mental is, you know, TMZ. Yep. The kind of gossip, whatever thing you call it. Oh, unfortunately, I am aware of them. But uh, no way that when when they do like videos. It's a bunch of people actually work at TMZ's talking about the story, and then you see clips and stuff. Well, obviously, obviously you don't watch oh, TMZ, no, but it's like that are just they, they kind of spitball and come up with a worst possible Aye, headline. Basically, yeah. Aye. But they take the hand out of air. Absolute with, sugar best. <laughs> every single fucking cunt in one of them. So that is one of those things that you actually wonder how they sleep at night. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then you would say, on a bit of money, fuck off, you fucking I remember just, just quickly, there was one time where Mickey Rourke was walking and getting into a car and they were fucking pestering. And they're just all, oh, so what do you think about the like, the Brad Pitt thing? Whatever, it was something to do with Brad Pitt. I don't know, for some reason he was connected with it. And he's just, oh, I don't give a shit about Brad Pitt, whatever. And, he just, and I think he just said, no matter what, they had asked him, he says, I don't give a shit about whatever, and I would have gotten the car. But then there's the all, so we were, we, like, we were, like, uh, you know, interviewing with Mickey, and, blah, 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 and so on, and so on, and, it's just all, and he says, I don't give a shit about Brad Pitt, and so, and then, like, jumps, like, you know, the way fucking all this jumps, and he's all, so I just came to the conclusion that, you know, Mickey hates Brad Pitt, mm, you know, and it was just all, and when I fucking execute every one of you fucking cunts, <laughs> And you know the worst thing is, there's such a huge audience for that complete and utter made-up drivel, but anyway, Michael... Oh yeah, so they take the hand out of that in Popstar, wait, CMZ, and uh, but it's the see only what they, see what they did there. See what they did uh, there. It counts. Very soft. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> sorry, maybe not myself laugh over my own stupid joke. But um, no, that's the only time it really goes like way over the top and really kind of proper. Like this is a film going mental, and it's just because it's all M. So they do it about three or four times in the film, but every time. They're they're laughing more and more harder, more and more crazy at at the things they say, like going and they like evil, like ha 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 laughter, and they have more and more <laughs> coffee cups they're drinking out of. Like Will Arnett's like the head guy. At one point, he just has five coffee cups sell tip together, <laughs> drinking out of all of them, and there's a ha ha ha. You piqued my interest of Will Arnett. That in it. No, there's 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 so many cameos in it. Will like Arnett, Will Arnett. explain again. I love Will Arnett. Arrest the uh, Arrest the ah, Of course, yes. And the, <laughs> Job and the, and the very, I, I know I love him, but and obviously, <laughs> it's that fucking page shit. 
and Bojack, <laughs> Bojack Horseman, and also the very yeah. unfortunately misguided Flaked. Flaked. I never actually watched. It. I started watching one episode, but we'll learn it. It's not right. That's it. We'll and he's ah, he's Lego Batman as well. He's Batman. Yeah. Very very dark blue. <laughs> dark gray. Dark, dark gray. Dark gray. Okay. But uh, yeah, what was I saying? I right, so there's uh, there's loads of cameos in it because I was actually think I was thinking about it today, and then I, I one day talk about a thing about how it's obviously taking the hands out of like these these kind of documentaries and even like the lifestyle of like those kind of pop stars and stuff but it never feels mean-spirited it never it just seems like they're just generally having a joke and mm-hmm. they're not really taking shots at anyone mm-hmm. i think it's always a, i think any good mockumentary i think spinal tap is the very same like you know what i mean i like it's, i think that if you are actually taking a pot shot at somebody or trying to basically run somebody's name under the mud First of all, unless it's really that justified because the people are really only making pop music or rap music and they're kind of, you know, maybe very extravagant, is it really justified you, like, kind of kicking the shit out of them yeah. through this fucking film? I mean, if you're having a joke but you're doing it in a sort of balanced way and not <clears throat> maybe being facetious about the person or the people involved with it, then I, I think that's fine because I think that then it's just mean-spirited and and not really aye because it's, it's what, not really palatable because I mean it's, it's it just doesn't feel nice yeah, then unless and it, and you kind of dislike that person it, but like what well, you dislike them just because they make music that you don't like yeah. you know what I mean a, exactly mm. it's it's, it's a- hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com Already taking the hand out of like their product and their music and stuff I get there because yeah, you know usually it's it very is like easy a shit. to get. I mean, you very easily get fucking mean spirited. Uh, exactly. It, like, I know because I think that's where like some comedy falls down. That people think it's funny just to be a dick about someone, mm. but it's 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 it takes more to actually just find the joke and have a bit of fun with. You're exactly be, right. But that's what I was going to say about the cameras because I was thinking about that air and obviously Justin Bieber is one of the people they're kind of taking the hand out. But I'm pretty sure Justin Bieber is in it as well. He makes a cameo. But the the fact that I can't remember that just shows how many cameos there are in the film. <laughs> is it because there's loads of talking heads and stuff just yeah. talking about Connor for real and his solo career and all this here. But like like story wise, it's it's pretty standard. It's it picks up just before Connor releases his second solo album. His first one was massive, it was a huge success and all this here. So it's just before it's he releases the, the his the second one. It's the difficult second album. So I <laughs> he releases his album, obviously. It's not received very well, but then he still has to go on tour, and it's just him being on tour, and just it's pretty standard stuff, like the eventual downfall of him, and then his redemption at the end, kind of thing. So story wise, like it's not doing anything spectacular, but it's it is really really funny, and mm-hmm. it's I think they're not trying to go for anything deeper than that, and it's just a, it's a pure comedy film. It's an hour and a half comedy film, and I think that's just the perfect time for a comedy film mm-hmm. an hour and a half just get in make your jokes and leave you know what I mean and I, I that's true <laughs> <laughs> no but I think I know I can kind of obviously I've not seen it but I get where you're coming from not mean spirited it's taking the hand out of the material it's probably and the just about person. a point on there like. aye 
I don't like there is. It doesn't really have to be a point. It's just kind of making fun of this maybe fucking pop music excess or something. Well, it there. I think it it just shows the because like there's a lot of, there's a lot of music in it as well, and all the music is lonely island music basically. Like it's all very funny. It has some fat beats, you know, some oh, some thumping beats. beats. Bates. 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 Kicking out some serious jams. Just. Yeah. Oh, concerts, everything. Mm. But it's, uh, I, so, like, if, if you listen to any of the online music, it's, it's all just, it's fun and it's just a joke and yeah. there's, they're not really trying to say anything, really. It's just funny. And I think that's just what the film is. Yeah. That's all it is. Just and if there is a point, just don't be a dick, be friends. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's really funny. And uh, there's there's a bit where the musician Seal gets attacked by a bunch of wolves. Oh, lovely. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I think I was really looking forward to seeing it. And then from describing that scene now, you've underwhelmed me with Seal, <laughs> I don't know. It's sort of one of these things. Like one person Se- makes Seal, it. Seal looks like a... Well, from that film, he just seemed like a cool motherfucker. Oh, like Seal seems like the coolest motherfucker yeah, on the planet. Yeah. about like, oh, Seal and all this kind of thing. You know, and then it's just like... Somebody makes one joke and it's a very specific joke, and then because that went down so well, people don't even know why it's funny. Start making other jokes about it. Because mm-hmm. I think the biggest one was the X Factor one with. Was it? Seal made the fucking uh, the Batman Forever track one. Yeah. Right, kiss, and then Jack Black kissed kiss my rose and kissed by a rose, whatever. Or kiss from a rose. Uh, and then so Jack Black sang it, and then Seal was in the audience, and it was this big gag. But now there's all these Seal jokes happening. You know, I, I, is I, it just? I don't know. Do you know what Lizzo? I think with Seal, and this is fucking the most one of the most. Op- I think this is one of the most off topics around. But I think that the reason that Seal is kind of part of that and stuff like that is because he's sort of like a unique celebrity, because he's unique in a way that he doesn't really do all the mainstream sort of music. He doesn't do pop. He doesn't do like R and B or hip hop. He doesn't do rock. He does sort of ballady music. Not only that, but he's very fucking suave and debonair. Also, he has been married to Heidi Klum, which kind of gave him a lot more exposure. And is, are as well, no, no, and he's just he's very distinctive as well because the scars and stuff like that. You know what I mean? He got yeah. that from fighting wolves. Apparently. <laughs> That's what but he I says in the film. I, I think it's just because he's a very, and as well the fact that he's just called Sil and he's quite yeah. mysterious. Now he's just a unique celebrity who. It's easy to sort of party in a way. I, I think got, of him every time I've been from uh, fighting seals. <laughs> or being the Navy seals, possibly. Oh, oh, there we go. Or fighting seals in the Navy seals. <laughs> or, or fighting seals for the Navy seals. Possibly. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> TMZ till yet. <laughs> no. It's classified. <laughs> yeah, so. Pop star, never stop, never stopping. I think if you're on the Lonely Island, definitely watch it because it's really their sense of humor and there's loads of funny songs in there. And just if you're not in them, still give it a watch because it's a really fun comedy and it's it's a spoof comedy as well. And they they have gotten very shite in the past few years. <laughs> and I just think this this is one that kind of does it right, and I very much enjoyed it. Nice one, happy days. So call him, Heron. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I watched uh, Stranger on a Train. Oh yes, we did. Uh, he fucking loved it actually as well. But uh, I know it's a Hitchcock film from nineteen and fifty-five, probably something like that. I. 
uh, black and white. It's um, and he's a white horrible boss. So you'll probably know the story, but uh, yeah. <laughs> do you know though? It's it's mad that that narrative has been rehashed so many times. But that uh, was the first day. But it's such a simple but really good narrative. Uh, there was one. I think there was Simpsons one. Did it. Simpsons did it. <laughs> Crisscross. <laughs> just Bart kept on doing that air. It was Bart and Lisa doing, it. and I was like Crisscross, and then he just walked away. <laughs> But I think there was there was one with Aaron Eckhart on a plane, essentially strangers on a plane, wasn't there? Is that not snakes on a plane? No, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. No, I've never that, heard about that strangers was on a plane. Samuel Jackson, the black one. <laughs> well, no, it, it wasn't. It wasn't called Strangers on a Plane. Was it? No, it wasn't called that. But <laughs> if it was called that, I may watch it. Uh, no, but I, I think it was just similar. I can't remember. If it was an Andy, but I remember somebody saying to me years ago, "Do you know what? When the script's that good, you know it doesn't matter." And then I was just kind of, I think that's a, I think that's a remake of something, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then obviously it was. Realize then it's a remake of Strangers on a Train, but um, it's about just these two guys who meet on a train, and I think one of the guys is like a is like a tennis pro, and uh, he's a high profile character, and he's married to this girl, and it's sort of kind of fallen by the wayside. She's sort of philandering and uh, doing doing the double, as they say, and. Uh, well, it's different in the states. It means you're, you know, cheating the government and dairy. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, what do you call it? Uh, no, and then uh, he's he's trying. He wants to marry his, his new girl because obviously he's drifted from the wife because she's fucking about. And then uh, he's moving on with somebody else, whatever. And then uh, the whole thing is then that she fucking tightens a wing out on him and says no I don't want to divorce you because obviously that affects me and whatever and all the money I could get from you and all this sort of shit and financial and uh, the character he meets hates his father because he's just a kind of a money grabbing sort of dude he's you know silver spoon kind of thing and he hates his father because his father kind of honourably wants him to fucking make his own money kind of thing tighten the purse strings on him like aye but they don't actually agree he killed the, the, the whole idea is that this the guy who has the father that he hates he has this great idea about the perfect murder where he says uh you know if if i kill your soon-to-be ex slash dead wife and if you kill my father then we're kind of unrelated and back then obviously there's no fucking cameras or anything so pretty much they met in a train so yeah. it's just like who's they say or who's they know could have been anybody that killed him and so, but the thing that happens is the guy who's a bit mental with the father, he, he he kind of deduces the wrong thing from the conversation. And so he goes ahead and kills your man's wife. And so this sort of, this is how it develops. And then that's where the tension of the whole story, that's kind of the first act. And the story then kind of develops from that about trying to, the guy's like, I don't, well, how the fuck do you get it? Do I kill the, the father or do I not or whatever? And this kind of thing. And then, uh, but then the, your man keeps showing up at all these meetings because he's famous and stuff and there's all these high profile kind of galleries and stuff and your man keeps showing up at it and all and whatever and then it, he's sort of a charmer but then there's a few times where he does a few mental things where people go actually know who the fuck is this, this boy's about mad like mm-hmm. whatever and so on and I'm not tell you, obviously to tell you the end or anything but uh, it's, it's really good hey and uh, the thing about uh, where he ki- killed uh, your man's wife was was it like a, a fairground or was it like a, a circus sort of thing or a fairground or what do you like what, do you, what the fuck do you call them yeah like amusement a, park or something amusement park guy 
kind of thing. And then every time he sort of thinks about killing somebody, he, he keeps hearing the merry-go-round and all, and he keeps hearing these sort of sounds and all. And it's just it's a very good wee refrain as well. It is. It's brilliant. Hey? And it, it's I think like Dina think that because it's like, been done so many times before. But Dina think that fairground or amusement park music, if set on like a sort of sinister narrative, can become very sinister. You know, what I mean, if you use, uh, I mean, like you could say it about any piece of music, but I personally think that fairground music. Because like, mm. they always use it for, like, you know, if you've got, like, an evil fucking clown or something like that there. Yeah. It just works, you know mm. what I mean? Or in space where they play the magic roundabout music. For, <laughs> is it, what do you call the artist in space? Oh, Brian. Aye, when, Mark when, aye, when he, when his ex-man woman lover comes back and he keeps on having the flashbacks of... Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> that, that, uh... mm. Anyway. <laughs> Trying to think of another one, but uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of a controversial one, but uh, I mean, mine's not working as quick as Eden. But uh, <laughs> no, I was. Uh, it's it's a it's a really good. Show. Your man's actually really fucking creepy. The the boy, he's just completely fucking unhinged. And uh, do you know? I think of the other actor whose name I cannot remember, but he's also in Hitchcock's Rope, and he usually gets a lot of flack. Is not a very good actor. No, he's not very good. No, nah, and you know what? In Rope, which is, I think, 1948, maybe, or maybe 51 or yeah. something, he's even worse. He's so wooden. There, there's certain things. I remember, actually, it, it kind of reminded me of, like, because like, I, I know this guy, you've seen him in a few things, and it's just like, there must be just a director that liked him or liked something, like a quality about him. There's some very naive or sort of pure uh, about him and, like, unsure. Like, he looks very awkward. Uh, maybe that's... And obviously, the two characters, the character in Strangers on the Train and in Rope, Aye. It's the very same character, basically. Aye. Because I, mean, I, remember, I remember watching, I think the first time I watched Wall Street, I watched it, and then I watched the commentary straight away after, because I just, I just really liked it. I was just like, fucking hell, this is brilliant. It was only a couple of years ago. And uh, I watched, uh, you know, Oliver Stone was talking about Charlie Sheen, and she's like, hey, Charlie Sheen gets this sort of thing, and he gets that, and whatever, and all. But he says, people accuse him of being wooden, and kind of, th- this sort of actor. He says, but... He says, to be honest, that's the quality I kind of like about him. <laughs> and I was like, that's a strange thing. But but he says, it's not that he's wooden. He says, he just has this sort of, there's, there's like a very definite way Far- of going through things. Farley Granger. Farley Granger. Farley Granger. That's a Tom Waits song. Can it look like Farley Granger? <laughs> but uh, what he called, uh, he, uh, I, and then that's what Oliver Stone said about him. So I kind of think that that's, because I think it, it's when he was talking about it was when Charlie Sheen was getting dra- was getting taken out of the the Wall Street uh, the office by the cops, and he says this is the thing I liked about him. He says he didn't overplay it. He didn't make it this big mad sort of internalistic kind of, oh, or he didn't go off. He didn't go massive either. He just he just had this sort of I'm I'm getting taken out of here, and he just sort of walked about it matter of fact. You know, he just. Mm. He went right. This is the trajectory of my life, sort of thing, and and that's what that's the quality. Because I mean, he cast him in in leads in two of his films. He's the lead in Platoon, and he's in the lead in Wall Street. Yeah. And you know that that's what I'm sort of saying about Freddie Granger was, you know, he was the lead in two Hitchcocks. There's obviously a quality there that that he liked. And no way. Purely just he was right for these parts or something. Definitely. That, that's I mean, why he cast him. He's a know? very limited actor, but that sort of aura or performance that he gives off as being very naive and almost kind of awkward. Maybe that awkwardness isn't mm. uh, in Farley Granger's design of his performance, but maybe it is just because he's a limited actor, but it works. Uh-huh. I mean, it's the whole thing. We obviously, Arnie in fucking Terminator 2. Yeah. Arnie ridiculously wouldn't, but, you know, playing a robot, that's perfect. You know what I mean? And maybe it just worked uh, for him, yeah. those two roles. I mean, even that, that it was what he call her, uh, oh, Jesus, what he call her plays Sarah Connor in Terminator. 
Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. She, she just says, you know, he gets a lot of criticisms and all, but there's there's a couple of scenes where she just said he was off against me, and and it was like, she was like, no, she's he he, he scared the fuck out of me the way he was doing it. Mm. You know, he says there's one thing actually. Oh, he's a bit robotic and he's a bit whatever, but actually doing it and being this cold kind of guy, he says he he really got it. Like it mm. wasn't like. He could just do it in his sleep, or that was in him. He says, "No, there wasn't. There was an extra level there. Where, where he was actually genuinely fucking scaring me. This big, powerful man, you know." And it's just, it's just about that. Sometimes you don't need the sort of, you know, all these big mad chops. If you, if you're just about right, I mean, you push yourself. You know, it's, I mean, it's the thing of, you know, what Johnny Fontaine talks about in The Godfather, and he says, "I wouldn't even really have to act." Yeah. You know when he says this part's perfect he for me. He just knows the rule. Ah, it's for your man. What do you call him? Uh, Waltz says to him, "He's like that part ought to be perfect for him, and that's why I'm gonna run him out of the business and out there." And, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I, I, he's gonna make him a big star and all this kind of stuff. And sometimes that's what I mean, that's that's stars. You know what I mean? But I mean, there are obviously people who who do make a difference with it. I think George Clooney and people like that. They're just I okay. You know, they they can just they're naturally charismatic people, but. They push it in a certain yeah, way, and I'm, then sometimes you push it even further and even further. And Matthew McConaughey is a great example. He pushes it really far in another direction. There's, and there's he's so a really act, good actor, yeah. but he can go back to being a you know pure star when he there's, wants to. You're right. There's so many actors out there, obviously using Farley Granger as a template. Who, well, besides the two Hitchcocks that he done, but there's a lot of actors out there who are very limited, but end up having very respectable careers because mm. they know their limitations and they know what they can and can't do. Right. And fair enough, you would always say, oh, what could they push themselves and do some better? But Tony I, 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 a good example, actually. Do you, do you know what I respect? I actually respect an actor, you always respect an actor who takes chances and kind of tries to do something out of their comfort zone uh, and maybe tries to uh, give himself an hour level, an hour depth. But I also uh, respect an actor who realises their limitations uh, and knows they can't do that. And just does certain uh, roles very, very well. I mean, character actors are kind of notorious uh, for that, hence with their character actors. But uh, I've got a respect there too, uh, because sometimes if an actor is limited, or a lot of the times if an actor is limited, and they do try and push the boat out, and they do try and maybe challenge themselves, uh, nine times out of ten they end up embarrassing uh, themselves. You know what I mean? See, and I, it, and then as well, it affects the whole project. Dave, I, Dave Bautista said that about himself on Guardians of the Galaxy. Like he he said it was just. A pleasure to be around these other actors because he's not an actor. Yeah, but uh-huh. obviously he suited Drax so well because he's this literal like he doesn't get like irony or fucking like phrases and stuff. Yeah. He's all like, I, if nothing would go over my head, I would catch it. Like, <laughs> all like he's supposed to be just really dur and just mm. not on damn kind of thing. Yeah. And like uh-huh. with Rosie, got even like Inspector, and he's in the new Blade Runner as well. Like he can just do this kind of like henchman kind of big mm-hmm. big dude guy really well and he big dude of, guy big dude guy <laughs> hey we're getting the big dude guy <laughs> but he but he, he 100% realizes that about himself and mm. that's what like he's he's like for him to be in James Bond for him to be in the next Blade Runner like that's huge for him but mm. he's he's not going in there thinking he's He's more than what he is, kind of. I mean, like, that's why I absolutely fucking love Jason Statham. Jason Statham knows that he's a very, very limited actor. He can only do the sort of mm. balls out of Labaf action hero who says cheesy lines, but he just does it really well for the sort of uh-huh. film that he makes. And that's why he's so effective, and that's why he's been so unbelievably successful, you know what uh, I mean? It's actually interesting you say it, because like, one of the films I actually really liked, and I've talked about before, is Killer Elite. Aye? 
with with him and Robert De Niro Clive and Owen. Clive Warren and yeah. uh, no Clive Owen. Carl Pogdam calls him Clive Warren. Because your face is the fuck is Clive Warren? But it was one of these things where there was a couple of scenes where him and Clive Warren had to fit each other, and it was like, like Clive Warren was all like fucking. I have done all these things and I've done like all these dramatic things and he says but seriously like I know I was getting a fight scene with Jason Statham and he says and that's that's what he's amazing at that's what he's renowned for well first off and for he's a fucking athlete as well yeah. he's a fucking well, he's a diver and this kind of thing you know, have you ever seen videos of him no Isn't he was a fucking uh, a high board diver was he aye oh, I, did you ever I see him aye no, he was like a fucking athlete no, before fuck. <laughs> it's fucking it's class and he turned he, he turned actor on us and then uh, Benny Jones as well but it was one of these things I well uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> come on I'm all Mickey <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, and he was just saying he says I just want to and you had to do that see me him and he says it was going to be raw and it was going to be fast and it was going to be like we're not going to be doing the boring thing where we're cutting very much we just have to you know the same way yeah, we were it's, it's all there on that. screen like you know uh, Ellen's not going to save you you know what I mean exactly and he says that's when I really need to like, get on it and all and he said he was really kind about telling me like things how to choreograph and he says if you do it like that it'll have a bit better and all and it's kind of hanging on and just said it was really cool and but obviously it's like certain actors have certain strengths and this kind of thing and all but um alright no well back to Strange on Train like um sorry can I just say so just because you were talking about like fighting choreography and stuff I heard an interview with Todd Phillips earlier in the week huh. and because his new film War Dogs is out but it's not uh made the way great is it I, I don't know, I haven't heard it. I'll still watch it, even Judith didn't do that well, I fucking love Judith. Anyway. But uh, Todd Phillips directed the Hangover films, and he was talking about when, uh, in the, uh, what do you call him, Mike Tyson's in the first Hangover, and there's a bit on it where he punches, is it Zach Galifianakis he punches? Aye. But, so Mike Tyson was throwing this punch, and he was just throwing like a proper punch, but uh, Todd Phillips had to tell him like, Oh, for the shot and the way it works on film stuff, you should do it like it's here. And then he just had this realization: he's telling Mike Tyson how to throw a punch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ! I, I, if you don't know anybody, says, "Oh, this boy, this boy's just going to take us hit here now." And do you know what as well? Just as a, out, like. as a very quick one too, it just shows like what a lot of people say about film that reality is unrealistic sometimes because you have one of the greatest boxers of all time throwing a punch feet on screen. You're going to capture it, yet. It doesn't work properly on film. Somebody actually throwing a proper punch, it has to be choreographed in such a way that it fits a film. You know what uh, I mean? For yeah. it to land. It's that thing. I mean, like, I mean, as much people fucking slag about entourage and this kind of thing, and they say, right, there's real, and then there's film real. Yeah, that's exactly this right. This kind of thing. You know, I mean, you might find a location out there, and all, and you, like, maybe remember we were searching for that location for your film, and it was, you know, we found it, and you know, you were kind of going, ah, it's alright, it's whatever, and all out there, and all, and we mm. just had a discussion about. Well, I that that is what an office looks like, yeah. but doesn't fit the aesthetic. It's not, aye, aye. It, it's it's real, but it's not film real. And we're maybe thinking about using that lawyer's office because yeah. it's just. And I didn't tell this to me, Dad. I'm sort of saying we find nothing, but that's that is what it looks like, aye. You know, in real life, but that's not what you know when you paint the office of a, of a lecturer's office and this kind of thing and all and whatever. You know, it's sort of it's like oh, I don't know. There's something about it, you know, and that yeah. kind of thing and all. And even my dad was just all, oh, I know, I think of mahogany, I think of this here. Aye, it's, it's, it's dark. I was just here after my dad. It's just <laughs> all, you know, you kind of go right. All right, then we aye. might be on this one. Dark mahogany woods. It's basically aye. fucking uh, the poet society sort aye, of fucking aye, aesthetic. Kind of you know vibe, what I mean? Like, exactly. It sort of paints that picture, like because oh, it's it's like I I was I was listening to 
the Rooster Teeth podcast with Gavin Free on it. He's uh, one of the slow mo guys. Right. Oh, okay. And uh, the slow mo guys is a YouTube channel where they just shoot stuff in slow mo, and they uh, did they like, a, like a phantom or something. They, just, uh, uh, they have a phantom. Uh, but they did like a fire tornado and shot it like ten thousand frames a second or whatever, or a hundred thousand frames. I, I don't know how much they can do, but they were saying it. Lo- the actual footage of the real fire spinning around looked fake, and a special effects guy actually said to him like, "If you actually put that on film, nobody would believe that's fire," <laughs> that's <laughs> it's, because people it's, just it's... have these ideas of what it actually looks like. And when you're making a film or doing like effects like air, you're not making it what it's actually supposed to look like. You're uh, making what people think like it looks like. And I, I, I find that phenomenally interesting. Yeah. That... I, I as well as muzzle flashes are probably the, one of the most over exaggerated things in films. Like Michael Matt, like you know the muzzle flashes and fucking collateral, they're like one of the biggest muzzle flashes in a film ever. Like yeah. he's got a wee nine millimeter gun, I grant it's a powerful gun, but like, <laughs> like Tom Cruise takes up a, like a quarter of the frame and he shoots a boy, and the frame takes the, the muzzle flash takes up about nearly half of the shot. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean it looks great, like and it yeah. fucking really you're like fucking yeah. hell. But that's film real. It's not real. More than likely, there's 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 a flash. You know, like there, there's the hammer at the back, and then where the bullet comes out, that's more than likely where you'd see a flash. Everything else, you would never really see it. Yeah. Like, uh. it's cool as well just to go on this how basically reality is unrealistic when it comes to real and film real. Uh. A few directors were talking recently, it was like a round table of certain directors who've done sci fi, and a few of them were chatting about how they want to make space as real as possible. Uh-huh. Uh, and obviously show space is silent uh, but then a lot of producers pressured these directors and they basically put in your sort of stereotypical warp uh, sounds and we don't want to listen you know uh, for, uh, for spaceships going across because the trailer you, of gravity that was, that was a big uh, thing wasn't it uh, if, if you were in space obviously it'd be completely silent uh, but the reason that the producers wanted this isn't because you know they wanted to fucking stand on the director's toes but the producers um, the producers point of view was basically that if you were to put in these warp sounds and stuff like or if you weren't to put on these warp sounds sorry then the audience would be confused because audiences now when they see space because of seeing you know years upon years of space represented in film they associate space and spaceships moving with these warp sounds and these certain bits of sound design mm. that not having them there would jar most of your casual audience yeah. which is crazy like you know what mm. i mean mm. oh the, the whole thing of this is that the whole film reality it's it's based on just people watching films over years and years and just that's kind of being recycled i just that mm-hmm. whole language of like oh this is what a gun sounds like the, like even a punch like the noise of a punch isn't what a punch uh. sounds like and stuff like that. like just people just it's ingrained in them because it's used so many times uh. and stuff like that, that one, one. The, the history of films kind of impacted on the future of film uh. just go ahead no i've just one very very quick anecdote i was uh making a film when it was it was like a, a student film when i was studying at, at queens and stuff like that and we showed a rough cut of it to my lecturer who would eventually go on to mark the film and stuff like that and we thought all the sound design and stuff like that was sweet and he watched the film and there was a part with a police car rushing through a street and you can you can't see the police car but you can hear it in the background rushing towards like the protagonist who was actually played by our dear Colin Hearn but <laughs> you can you can hear I've tried a few boards somewhere about that <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can hear uh, obviously the police car coming and stuff like that and at the very end the only thing that the lecture ship was all uh, uh, it looks good and it seems to be tightening up and stuff like that there but why have you got a French police car and not an American one and I was like, I didn't even know the difference at the time. And he says because obviously he'd worked in sound design for so long, he was all if you were to who was it? it, 
It was Declan Keeney. Oh, Declan. But Declan Keeney says, if you really put that out to an American or even a UK audience, there is a set police car sound or police car sound design that every film uses. That's a French one. I do not know where you got the European sound design. Oh, oh Jesus I, oh, Christ. Sorry, there was this jangle and I was trying to find where it was coming from. <laughs> is he just trying to say the right I mean, that, that, can, that can open my eyes because I thought to myself, I would have just heard that as a police car, you know, just a general siren. Yeah, but he, he said that if you were to release that in the UK or the US, that would jar some people. So change uh, it from the French one to the UK or the US which, one. Uh, the U- uh, I understand, but... Surely, if it, it was European sound at all, no, I know, no, 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 I know, I know. He, I, he I, wasn't I, saying that a high be changed, but he just he said just, that it stood uh, out to him. And I thought, uh, and obviously, he he knows the stuff. And I thought, fuck, that's crazy. I would have never puck up in that, like you know uh, what I mean. But it was a bit of an eye opener, I suppose. Uh, you were going to say something there. What was I going to say? Uh, uh <laughs> no, it, it was just uh, about this. Might this could potentially go off on the one, but. Especially oh no! <laughs> we never. Oh no! <laughs> We're already but, but, off, and they won't. But, but the whole thing about uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, right? In Star Wars, right? Yeah. Obviously, this is set in the future, or is it? It's no, space, it's, and it's this kind of thing because it's Star galaxies. Wars. Ah, it's galaxies. It's and set galaxies. a long time ago. Ah, but you know, I mean, what we consider as our technology, do you know what I mean? Obviously, is, is mental compared to Star Wars. Yeah. But are they saying that because of? you know, the past of time and light years and this kind of thing and then and, and obviously way off in another galaxy, that's that's the reality of where technology is compared to Earth. I mean, the phrase has always kind of made me think about that because it's obviously the fucking technology these is fucking way, way advanced compared to what we use. Yeah, well, it's it's, uh, it's a completely different galaxy than Earth thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, in, in time-wise, it's set a long time ago. Uh, well... So, yeah, I understand. All right, okay, so so it's like they're telling us as Earthlings. This, uh, this took place ages this, ago. Uh, fair this enough. ancient story. This ancient old story. From the future. Uh, it's from not the from the future. Because it was actually funny. Because that's what people, you know that's what I'm saying? Because it's, it's the thing is all, oh, it's futuristic. Well, it's not because the story tells you it's happening fucking ages ago. Uh, so it's not in the future, it's a fucking passball bag. No, cause, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because so, <laughs> Simon Pegg was on Lorraine one time, I think. And, uh,. <laughs> She she was like the I think the the new Star Wars film Can't was. Can't believe I asked was, the same question. It's fucking Lorraine. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> like me, sideways. No, because I think the the Force Awakens was just shooting at that time. Mm. Maybe uh, Into Darkness was coming out or something. Maybe that's why he was there. But uh, they were talking about Star Wars and Star Trek because obviously it's the same director and obviously same peg is good friends with JJ and stuff now. Jeja. And he's and he's he's a big fan of Star Trek and Star Wars. And Lorraine just said, "Oh, sure, sure, could there not be a wee crossover, like just as a wee joke thing?" And then Sam Pegg just pure pure nerd mode is well, actually, Star Trek is actually set in the future, and Star Wars set a long, long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hang because obviously that's set on Earth and it moves. So, see, cause, well, the thing I was sort of getting at as well is, is would it not be interesting in some sort of way if at some point. If Star Wars came to Earth, because never really, you know, I mean, it doesn't come to Earth. It's always well, it's a galaxy far, far away. Of course it is. Of course <laughs> it is. But if there was some way where a character had to, you know, go across all these galaxies and and go to like modern Earth or something, I don't. I just thought that would have been that be at some point a cool storyline if they follow. And but yeah. then it makes it very similar to Star Trek, and it would be a very strange one. It would, but because I, th- I think 
like, the whole point of it is that it's way off. And it's I know. A, I think it's a like ge- fantasy. genuinely, it's supposed to be a very, very long time ago. Because like the actual like kind of storyline of like Jedi and stuff, like it's all very kind of mythical and all very yeah. old timey. Yeah, so you land up, the fucking ship has by. Give me some of them old timey films. Yeah. He just lands in the fucking west. Uh, <laughs> I lands up with a fucking pair of jeans, black shoes, and white socks. He's like, oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> 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 he's fucking up with my capes and everything. Hey. <laughs> fuck me, hey. <laughs> You know what I mean, but <laughs> but it's that kind of thing. Of, well, they well they might do it. They might. I'm sure it's going to happen at some point with the universe that they're trying to do. They might do it. Yeah, they might run out of stuff too. <laughs> yeah, but they might just do it for one thing. You know, like you know, for one thing, they have to cross all these galaxies and go to like a modern thing. I don't know. It could well, be interesting. Inter- interestingly be enough, in, like just for one story, one the, section of it. But in the Star Wars mythology, there's way more interesting stuff actually like thousands of years ago with the Knights of the Old Republic and stuff like that here uh-huh. that it's actually way long ago before what the the films are telling you now. You know what I mean? Like where the films are set now, there's actually a big history thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's probably more likely that they'll probably go backwards in time and tell like a Knights of the Old Republic story rather than mm. jump forward. Sweet. No, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Stranger than a Train is good, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, but I mean, it's... Um, great film. I was talking the same about Backdraft and the other one that I recommended. I can't remember. But uh, I'm talking about classicist film. Like, I mean, there's n- nobody more classicist really than Hitchcock. I'm probably there's no more real, really influential than someone like Hitchcock. You know, he's essentially influenced the modern thriller. Uh, it's one of these things. Basically, like created the modern thriller, really. Aye, and when people do things, and oh, you have to do this here, do that there, and then if you started asking them why, sometimes they wouldn't know why or where it comes from, and you make, you know, and more times than not. If you got to the bottom of it, you would discover it's something from a Hitchcock film. Yeah. And that's fucking saying something about Hitchcock. Like. That's why Sam Worthington jumped off the building at the end of my life. <laughs> it, was, it was a pure, Probably, pure uh, Hitchcock film. Pure one. Hitchcockian move, was it? Uh, Although Hitchcock would have just had him land on the ground. Was that <laughs> point? He has all McGuffin. Oh, the diamond was the McGuffin. True, was there? Jack Black walks up and he's just thought, ah. Oh. Plus beauty that killed the beast. <laughs> <laughs> Plus ground that killed the man. Plus diamond that killed the cunt. <laughs> or just lands up and says bag of soup. <laughs> bag of soup. What do, what do you think of Sam Worthington's hair in Man on a Ledge? I think it looks ravishing. Yeah. And it looks really good. Why is he all... He has, he has his wee curly bob going. Because oh, I think he, has, know, he, he naturally he, has curly hair. I love he as well. Just... Bradley Coops, is he? Aye, but someone's on there. Someone's on I love to him, man. Uh, <laughs> man the ledge. Sam Worthington isn't even born to try and do an accent. Because it starts out with sort of an American accent. And, he... then he's, and then basically about, I would say, 15 he... minutes in, it's just Australian. Is all, could I have a, a beagle with an uh, smooched avocado? I'm standing this ledge, mate. I'm standing this ledge. I'm standing this ledge in Jean Beefy. That sounds about Kiwi to me. I don't care. I see, I, I find it hard to distinguish between the Australian and Kiwi accent. Uh, I, just Austra- like, Australians have knives, Kiwis have spoons. <laughs> <laughs> so you played knifey spoony before then. I seen that dub smash. You don't write that. Like, very, very 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 very
Oh, it's, oh, it's my it's my profile oh, dub smash. Yes. <laughs> have you seen it? I can't figure out if I've sent you mine's the the. Um, you disloyal fool ass bitch made punk. Have, have you actually sent it to me, or do you just have it saved on your dub smash? No, I thought I sent it to you. I thought we had a dub smash conversation. Going. I know. I, I thought. I, well, I haven't checked dub smash in a while, so maybe know. it doesn't give you notifications if somebody sends yeah. you something. Anyway, <laughs> we're big into dub smash. <laughs> we like a bit of smash. Uh, whatever. We like getting dub smashed. Uh, yeah. Faster. Wrap it up, Mikey. <laughs> wrap it up. Wrap it up. Okay, we'll go into recommendations. I'll go first. My recommendation is observe and report. Really? You ever no, seen it? No. The Seth Rogen one? Aye. You seen it? No. You, you seen it, Aaron? Seth Rogen one? Aye. I've seen it. It's Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> and Anna Forrest's in it as well. I don't even know what it is, sorry. And, uh, we call him. Your boy from Goodfellas. James Franco? No, the main boy. <laughs> oh, Ray Luna? Aye. Yep. He's in it as well. Really out of? Oh, oh, that's up for debate there. <laughs> <laughs> that one's up there. Like, aye, I can't aye. be nailed that cross on that one. Like, yeah, well, do you, do you play the? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> do you play the 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 lotto or the lotto? Oh, neither of those. But his name's things. not Ray Lotto. Oh, no. <laughs> Ray Lotto. <laughs> Ray Lotto. <laughs> A lotto Ray. <laughs> the lotto Ray. <laughs> <laughs> What do you call a fucking machine again? What do you call a lotto machine? What do you call it? 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 What do you the ball tumbler nah, thing? No, no, but no, it's named after like one of the nights I round tumbler or something like that. Aye, it's Camelot. Reload in Camelot. The lotto machine's called Did Camelot. Is it just called Camelotta? No, no, it's no, called Camelot. Is the company not called Camelot? That was what the ball machine was called Camelot. No. <laughs> it's like a fucking ball machine. Like. Hey. 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 <laughs> anyway, observer report. <laughs> No, yes, Seth Rogen plays like a kind of mall cop, and I think it's it did bad well. because I think I think it came out around the same time as Paul Blart Fuck Mall Cop. Off. Oh God! But but actually, the it's... worst competing franchises <laughs> ever. No, no. Two mall cops, the two titans against each other, two fucking. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? No, but the Seth, the Seth Rogen ones is it's like a dark comedy. Like he's like a heroin addict and sure stuff, and he's he's trying. Like there's this. What do you call somebody that shows their naked body? A nudist. A no, flasher. a flasher. There's a flasher in the car park of this mall. He keeps flashing people. So Dale. Seth Rogen makes it as like the, he sees this as his opportunity to prove himself. They capture this. Go flasher. on. And so I no small victories and all that shit. I think he shoots his cock off. I'm not sure. But any eight mile one, just like. Did you ever see that fucking RoboCop video where he shoots the boys' cocks off? Was it not me at Trinity? It's the RoboCop remake. And we just shoots boys' cocks off. He shoots my fifty cocks off. I have to make sure I'm saying this sentence right. He shoots boys' cocks off. Ah, that's right. Uh, Honestly, check it out on YouTube. It is probably the best thing I've ever seen in your life. I know, actually, that that should be a recommendation. No, yeah, because it's called the RoboCop remake. Because when the actual <laughs> RoboCop remake was happening, we Joel Kinnaman and Michael Keaton and stuff, <laughs> a bunch of directors got together and literally remade the original RoboCop, like scene by scene. But the, <laughs> the scene where RoboCop saves the girl from the guy like trying to rape her or whatever, 
they do it that he shoots the boy's cock off and then there's another rape happening and then he shoots his cock off and then just Aye. a bunch of naked men all out in <laughs> the prowl for some raping. <laughs> you know the worst thing is? The fucking effects they use for the cock getting blown off is disgusting. Aye. It is it's, far it's, too real. Like. It's pure like, it's like, John Carpenter up to 11. Like. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things I've ever yeah, seen. It's, <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Did you ever see Jesus Christ Super Cup? Aye, yeah. it's hilarious. Aye, it's good crack. Anyway. Continue with that recommendation. Oh. Aye, so Jesus Christ Super Cup. He gets, he, <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's Jesus, but he's also a cop. Aye. And he gets suspended for two weeks. So he just keeps shooting himself in the head. So three days pass and then he comes back and then he shoots himself again <laughs> for two weeks. <laughs> I love it. It's hilarious. But yeah, Observer Report, it's, it's been overshadowed by the other two things that I've <laughs> talked about. But no, yeah, it's it's a kind of dark, kind of fucked up comedy. Anna Faris is good in it. Ray Liotta is very funny in it. Seth Rogen is very funny in it. Watch it if you don't like Dare. mall cops. I'm going to recommend another comedy with uh, little children, which is about an oh, affair man. and a pedophile being on the loose in a small <laughs> suburban neighborhood. <laughs> but, uh, What's uh, this? No, I'm <laughs> little children. It's a uh, it's 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 a drama. It's a drama, but it's uh, directed by Todd Field, who uh, predominantly just acts. He's he's directed a couple of things, but uh, Little Children's probably that the one that he's most known for. Uh, Patrick Wilson. Kate Winslet and Jack Yarahilly. Basically, it's a very, very simple story. I mean, it's a simple story with just a wee curveball in there as a subplot. It is Patrick Wilson and Kate Winslet are both in sort of loveless marriages mm-hmm. and they meet each other. I think, I'm nearly sure it's set in like the 80s. Or it, it, it seems is, to is me it, like... Is it in Europe somewhere? Uh, no, no, it's set, it's set in America. It's set in America. Like it's, it's set like your most fucking sort of chocolate box we nice suburbia oh, in america which i always find very interesting it, it almost it, it's got like a sort of american beauty vibe about it but it's a it's a wee bit darker than american beauty is jagger healy related to regular horror because they're both as awkward they say but anyway going on that patrick wilson and kate ones both in very loveless marriages uh they start an affair and that sort of standard fare for like a fucking sort of adult drama but it's really well handled. It's really realistically depicted as well. And then as this sort of weird subplot that shouldn't really work, but it does work because it's just showing the sort of underbelly of suburbia in America, which I'm always really interested in. It's why I love sort of Tom Peaks and stuff like that and stuff like that, American Beauty. Uh, Jackie Hurley is playing this pedophile who's been locked up for, I think like he's, he's done a good fucking stretch in prison for basically being a pedophile. And he's released back in the society. But everybody's aware that he's a fucking pedophile. And there's this really, it's a seminal scene, probably the most famous scene in the film, where he goes to like a public pool, which is like sort of a big thing in the States and stuff like that. And as soon as he gets under the pool, there's a stack of wines in there. There's this massive panic and all like the fucking adults are calling their wings out of the pool mm. and then within like two seconds he's sitting in the pool himself. And it's he's a really great character. He got nominated for an Oscar for it too, but basically When was this? It's two thousand and six, so it's only ten years ago. Mm-hmm. But uh I haven't I, I bought it, but I still have it. It's fucking yeah. it's it's absolutely brilliant. There's a really kinda nice subtle voiceover too that's not by any of the characters, which is quite strange, but it just it fits the sort of tone it really, really well. But the characters of Patrick Wilson uh, and Kate Winslet are obviously connected, but Jackie O'Reilly really isn't connected. He's just kind of living in the same suburb as them. But somehow it just works. I think it's the way Todd Field puts it together that it just kind of, as I said, shows this darkness, the suburbia. And the good thing as well about, well, I wouldn't say a good thing, but the interesting thing about 
the pedophile character is that they do demonize him in, in some ways there's another seminal scene in there which is I, I won't spoil it it's it's pretty kind of unsettling where you kind of see his depravity but then there's other scenes that try and humanize him and you know obviously pedophiles are fucking awful fucking human beings and stuff like that but I thought it was a very brave move to try and humanize one and also show mm. any sort of human aspect because most other directors wouldn't have tried to do that mm. and you can kind of see where he's coming from too but uh, obviously then I think that he, he does show too that you know, pedophiles are fucking horrendous people and really stamps that home in that scene that I'm talking about but uh, no really interesting watch I think not only an interesting watch because all the protagonists are kind of unconnected but there's not really any plot beside the fact that there's an affair yeah. going on and there's a pedophile it is a complete yeah. another character study of three people and there doesn't really need to be a plot because the characters are that strong well, and the performances are that good it, see I always think about stuff I get there I mean there's obviously a reason why they're in the film together what would you if you had to describe the film about like in one word what would it be would it be like damage like, people like want that you can't get or I would, would say it be rather one that you, know you can't I mean? get. I mean, I think there's a lot of things you could say because it's showing this sort of black heart or like the unattainable. America. I I would say rather the unattainable or want or, or desire probably. Or, uh, the dark side desire. of like, I mean, I would say, or desire. I was, in, in a way, like instinctual desire because control. Or, you know, I, because I mean, there's an instinctual desire between even though Patrick Wilson and Kate ones that are happily married. Well, not mm. happily married, but they're married. Their instincts, obviously, because the sanctity of marriage, they shouldn't be having this affair. Their instincts because they're so just attracted to each other they go ahead with this affair and then with pedophiles obviously fucking they've got an attraction to each other it's an instinctual sort of right. thing that that, he, that he's mm. going for you know what I mean and it's 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 right. it's, it's a really it can be a, quite a challenging watch too especially with with the pedophile scenes because I mean that would make anybody uncomfortable because I would say that most people see pedophiles as being the worst of the worst but uh, it's challenging Unbelievable performances and just a really, really fucking good drama that I think's massively on the riddle. I think yeah. it got nominated for a good couple of Oscars, but it's really flown on the radar in the past 10 years. I think more people should see it because mm. it's just really well handled, considering the fact, too, that it doesn't really have a plot. It's just about the characters. And I think it says a lot about a film that you don't have a plot, but your characters are that good that they can just... Uh. You know they can engage your attention it's for two hours. I, I like I really like films I got there yeah. when it's like you start going like what little children, little oh. children, little children. I I mean I always find that I was sort of going like the the first time I sort of thought that about recently was uh, Deliverance because mm. you're kind of going like wait these boys are going hunting this blah, blah, you know uh, all right what's this you know what's the point like yeah. you know and I'm sure like I've watched all the children you kind of going what's the point like why 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 is this character in the same movie as this character? You can definitely this, see an overt on Thunder, you know, because like, like, like you were saying, it's, it's not like they just, it's not like they had, because I'm nearly sure it's based on a novel, but it's not like they had just, oh, we've got this affair narrative, but you know, it's kind of going nowhere, so we'll just kind of fucking out like a rusky pedophile, you know what I mean? Aye. They try and spice it up a bit. Totally rusky pedophile. As if there's anything other than a rusky aye, pedophile. Aye, 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 Pedophile. We need a good safe pedophile. You know, <laughs> nobody, no, you know. I just keep because the rest of the film is quite risky. We need a safe pedophile, just to level the whole film out. That's, <laughs> that's what they did in Lovely Bones, wasn't it? 
Uh, <laughs> 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 that's not juggalot pedophilia but anyway uh, it's a crack and phone so watch it <laughs> just speaking of lovely bones uh, like home it was Stanley Tooch oh, he was Tooch. our original fucking mascot we all were all about the Stanley Tooch up I on here Stanley Tooch, love yeah. him he incredibly yeah. versatile get a Tooch, a Tooch. but uh, was I telling you about this here me and your brother watching the lovely bones and it was that scene where uh, because obviously if you don't know what happens in the film then you, you've been on, hiding under a pile of codes for 10 years spoilers for uh, lovely bones the girl gets raped and killed or whatever and then um, whatever happens it was like uh, it was it was the week before she was going to get her first kiss or whatever and all and it's just I think it's probably a typical Irish code mechanism where you start joking about fucking mad things so me and brother are watching it and all out there and all and then it's just all you know very tender and kind of Whatever, where she was about to meet this fella for the first time, and then we were, we were just all, ah, she's definitely not going to get to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> just all, you know what I mean? You're just going, because you know what the story's about. Like, you know what's about a fella or a daughter finding because she gets kidnapped and all scared, and she's just all, ah, that's not going to happen. Like, they're setting us up, so that's a, that's a tragedy <laughs> thing. And then it's one of these things where it's just all, it's all hey, so, uh, you know, what are you doing on Saturday? And this kind of thing and all. And I was all neighbor, I was all pause. And I was all, on my dad's Saturday, what you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we had a good laugh with that. But, uh... <laughs> Your recommendation. <laughs> no, but another thing, just uh, back, to, back to Little Children, was, um... It was something about, remember saying about describe a film in one word, or sometimes it can be described in one sentence. There's, there's usually like a, what do you call like a linchpin sentence, which summarizes the whole film. And I think it was uh, in Cedar House Rules when uh, Michael Caine and Tobey Maguire, and all right, I was trying to bring him up earlier when we were talking about uh, Farley Granger, but that's an actor that's definitely, you know, made a career out of yep. being known as limitations and stuff. Spider-Man's an interesting one, but whatever. Um, instead of her rules, it's about an abortion clinic and stuff like this here, set up in North America when it was still sort of semi-illegal and this kind of thing. And so they're setting the the aborted child into the the fire outside the the abortion clinic and stuff like this here. And uh, it's a phrase. It's a phrase that Michael Caine says, where he says, uh, "I can never get over um, humans' inability to con." Uh, humans inability to control themselves mm. you know and this is the thing that he thought you know and i just there's just that line that always stuck with me do you know what i mean like why can you not just say no or why can you not just think about this decision why can you not do this you know and just that's a sort of when you were talking about little children it kind of make me think about that there it's mm. just like you know it, it's kind of down to you you know really like if you stop yourself from doing certain things or you know, there's that other side of it. You're all, am I really living if if I'm stopping myself from so many things? Maybe mm. we should do some more things and do a bit of living or what? You know, it's it's just, I suppose it's trying to find a medium between them two. Yeah. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> I'm wrap your up. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> but um, did you do your recommendation? No, I know. I'm going to recommend it. I'm going to recommend a film. It's not a particularly great film, but uh, doesn't matter if you like it. It's a film nonetheless. It was captured on on film, and you can buy it. So it, it not much good. It has a film, right? It was just um, sitting in the house all night, chilling out, and uh, you know we were just sitting there fucking hanging out. No, I'm just like, oh, do you want to watch something? I ah, fuck around, whatever, and all. And then uh, Bird on a Wire comes on. Did you ever see that? No. Never even heard it. Remember, I keep talking about in *Lethal Weapon*. When they talk about Air America, yes, and the Air America thing was when 
they used the American military to transport drugs into America, and then they made a whole film about it, Mel Gibson and Robert Downey Jr., which should have been a much better film. And Bird on a Wire, they talk about Air America again, which it must have been a thing that attracted Mel Gibson to these scripts. I mean, Lethal Weapon, he did that. That was his big one. But obviously there's two more scripts referring to the Air America thing. Mm-hmm. Bird on a Wire is one of them. Where uh, it starts off where he's just working as a mechanic and you don't really know what the crack is and stuff. And he's working as a mechanic in Detroit. And uh, he just, you know, he's just average kind of guy, this kind of thing. And then uh, one day, uh, Goldie Hawn's on it and she, she comes in to get their car clean. She's on a business trip or something. And then it's like a rainy day. And um, he's sort of fixing up her car and whatever and all, and she sort of, they just kind of recognise each other through the window in the rain and stuff, and then he's just like, oh, fuck, right? Because obviously he knows her from before, and she knows him and stuff, and then it starts to go, right, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. And uh, the whole thing is that he was in witness protection, and uh, <clears throat> she thinks that he was dead and this kind of stuff and all. And it's, it, it, I mean, I have to say, it's, it's not an amazing film, but there, there's just... If you like them through back nineties films and all, it's a, it's an easy enough watch. But and they get up to some sort of, they get up to quite a few fucking shenanigans and lot, lots of different Wait. action scenes and this kind of thing, <laughs> and, all, and lots of chases and vehicles and this kind of thing. And <laughs> a really, really, really ridiculous scene where they go to <laughs> uh, a place where Mel Gibson was previously on uh, under an assumed identity, where he was uh, a very camp hairdresser. Oh my lord! Oh. <laughs> and, uh, now I love that. And, <laughs> and they fit back in and get the money as they go all camp again. Oh, and they're, they're just like, oh, I forgot about this. That is, that is a nighty story. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say just, like, no. What we know prop- about Mel now, that'd be quite uncomfortable. Uh, it's kind of like it's not not the most PC thing in the world and all. And then I was all there, right? You know, it was my my. The guy I love it, he's gay, and I was just, I, I was sort of having a conversation with him. I was just like, "What, what do you feel about when you see people doing stuff like that on film and all?" Because that's like obviously a very flamboyant, you right. know, when he's pretending to be gay. when he's just all, "Oh, well, you know, it's just that's sort of what happened, isn't it? Like in the nineties, people just done stuff like that. That's fine. <laughs> you know, Rory's very kind of. You do, you do a brilliant Rory, <laughs> by the way. It's just, you have it down. It's, it's not like you particularly sound like him. It's just his kind of intonation. Just the, I, you got Rory down, man. <laughs> Rory is the most laid back man of all time. He's, he's fucking. He's one of the soonest people I know, and it's just. I know. I I thought you just, were really going to go for like a big insult and just be like. Why, why aren't you like that? No, it was just because, you know, it's that thing, you know, or, or, or when, you know, because we like, obviously we love to go, so we watch a lot of films and stuff like that there, and, and like yeah. when you like, when like Faggot comes up on a film, you kind of go, I just get paranoid and stuff like that, and I do, I do ask him, but then he's just all, well, I don't know, it's the sort of thing, you know, and I asked him about the whole uh, Louis C.K. thing, you know, and I was kind of going like... What was the Louis C.K. thing? <laughs> Louis C.K. thing. He says, I, so I, I, when I call people faggot, I'm not calling them gay. I'm not using a slur. You know, I just, I just, you're just being a faggot. And, and I, I was just like, right, where are you going? He said, oh, I bet not, but you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's all, it's like, say if somebody's like, you know, uh, like two men are sort of, you know, getting it on or whatever, and all that there and all, and one's like, no, I don't want to do that. And he's all, stop being a faggot and suck that dick. It's gonna, <laughs> this is like UCK's definition of story about that and he's all well, I, I don't know what he, I just sort of know what he means actually you know what I mean no, because you know what and I, like you, you don't really like uh, Rory's Rory's gay but you, you wouldn't you know what I mean unless you sort of knew him well you, you don't know that he's 
gay, yeah. if you know what I mean. Like it's just this thing. It's you know he's not he's not a flamboyant gay man. You know what I mean. But uh, it's one thing when we watch films and stuff. Uh, I always sort of be paranoid about that. But it's just, especially in the nineties, I was just like, I, I, fuck, I forgot about this scene actually. And mm-hmm. uh, but the whole thing, yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's a sem- it, it's essentially just uh, like a star pick for Goldie Hawn and Mel Gibson. And a vehicle. I'm sure they try to get Kurt Russell to do it because they're a couple, and he's yeah. turned it down. I'm pretty sure that you know what I mean. And then obviously Hammond Mel appeared in Takeda Sunrise and stuff, which is okay yeah also passable it has it has its moments do you, do you know what? it's really annoying that some of these films have great moments like Takeda Sunrise has some serious moments but it's just it's just alright like as Robert Town wrote that I yeah, know what the fuck but Robert Town's had some flops as well but we're not going there because we're going to wrap this up I wrap it up anyway but Bird No Air good crack but action uh, not to be taken too seriously uh, if you like Mel and fucking weapon and all this here and all and you kind of like the flipping kind of 90s action and all that there but you don't want the seriousness of the first two lethal weapons I would say check it out it's a bit of crack it's Saturday night if you're sitting on bit of a laugh couple of beers oh boom Saturday night's alright mm. <laughs> for all right, fight. fights <laughs> yes uh. okay we're wrapping up there folks uh, thank start. you so much for listening <laughs> if you want to get in contact with us you know let us know what your favourite Flamboyant gay man is a <laughs> 90s film. <laughs> Could be Rob Williams, you know. No, 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 not Rob, not Rob Williams. Rob Williams' partner. Uh, what do you call him? In Birdcage. Oh, fuck, uh, I can't remember his name. Oh, the the fucking cat. <laughs> he did the voice of Put a cat. the damn pinky down. I remember right there because he kept drinking his TV, his pinky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Birdcage could crack. Birdcage is good crack. Mm. Anyway. Hey, you can find us on Facebook, Let's Talk More Movies Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at Talk More Movies. Or you can email us, Let's Talk More Movies at gmail.com. You can also leave us comments, reviews on iTunes, Acast, whatever podcast service you like. I've been your host, Michael Breslin. Oh, fuck, my, turn- my phone turned off. Oh, no. My tone turned off. Shankos <laughs> with Shankos. Hey, yeah. Calm hair, some calm hair. <laughs> Episode 67, baby. Hey, gotta write this thing. I don't know. <laughs> it's two weeks old now. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Place of got our joy. Place of got our joy. Fuck them. Fuck them. I'm going out the front door with pizza. <laughs>